You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Devings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 200. Apparently, of the uh, I've Plane just noticed, UK unfortunately, podcast. I put the wrong one out. It says 199 on oh. it. <laughs> We're doing 199 again. Yeah. First okay. faux pas of the yeah. uh, okay. 200 okay. show. Right, okay. That's fine, we'll roll with that. We'll roll with that. <laughs> Will we? That's how we do things here okay. on the show, just totally yeah. off, okay. off the cuff. Does that so mean we've got to come back next week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Do it all over again. Yeah. Where, where was the soundboard there, Jeff? You, you missed yeah. that one. I, uh, yeah. I, yeah. They didn't let it. me connect anything <laughs> to your soundboard for we some dare, reason. It started working. Nobody dare touch anything. You know. <laughs> so it is the 20th of January. It's just gone 2 p.m. in the afternoon here in the UK, and it's the 200th show. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How do we get this far, guys? Come on. <laughs> hey, and uh, those of you watching live in the YouTube chat room will probably notice that I'm missing something uh, today on my head, which is the usual PTUK hat. hat. hat? <laughs> well, hat, not hair, no, no. I won't. Be- I love when they go bald, I'm not going to go bald. Anyway, but um, <laughs> yes, I'm missing my hat because someone told me uh, a, a week or two ago that I was not to wear the PTUK hat uh, at the 200th show. Well, let's uh, be honest, it's a health hazard, isn't it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're saying there, uh, uh, um, uh, Mr. Al. No. I mean, have you donated it to the local zoo? <laughs> I'll have you know that is a very prestigious hat, that is, with two very, very good badges on. Does it have oh, somewhat badges. of a smell? Oh, I thought you said badges. <laughs> I was going to say. Well, <laughs> so welcome, everyone, who's joined us uh, live for the show. We have got a huge audience here uh, joining us uh, in the Sim Centre here at NP Simulations in Putney, London. And, uh, well, we're going to say a big thanks to those guys before we start things for, uh, for letting everyone descend on, uh, on the Sim Centre here. It's, uh, it's been a fantastic start to the day. I almost didn't get here uh, because of uh, certain traffic issues in London. Uh, but uh, let's be honest here, Brian Coleman had a really, really good tour of London on the way here uh, this morning. Um, so uh, I think he's uh, quite appreciative of that. So, uh, But joining me, as always, on the show and uh, is uh, the first of the two, well, all I can say is technical geniuses of the show. So welcome, uh, Matt Smith. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> Matt, you've been rather busy for the last 24 hours. Uh, yeah, my Apart n- from the drinking. Uh, right, yes. No, myself and Nev arrived a little while ago, didn't we, Nev? We've been here a few days. And, uh, yes, uh, we've uh, sort of turned this nice little, what used to be a nice training room, into um, <laughs> a recording studio, basically. So, for, for episode 200. So, yeah, it's been, it's been good fun. It's good I know. Fun. I know. It's, well, it's I think all good so far. <laughs> And also, as always, is uh, the second tech genius uh, of the show, and it's uh, Mr. Neville Bounds. Hello. Yes, well, the most important thing is that the buffet has been consumed, or is being consumed, so that's that's very great. Uh, Yeah, but it's going to be a great show, a lot of stuff going on yesterday Mm. in the setup and what have you, Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. No, you you two have done a really good job, I will say. Yeah, I I would say hats off to you, but (laughs) obviously, (laughs) can't be, yeah, the hat. Uh, We have got a panel of hosts joining us on the show and um, well let's just say they've flown in from pretty much everywhere around the world but we have stolen at least uh, all of nearly all of the APG crew and uh, part of the Airplane Geeks crew as well but uh, and there's a pip there's a pip somewhere the Plane Safety Podcast 
There he is. He's here. Unfortunately, we didn't have room at the table for Pip, so uh, he's outside in the rain. Yeah. Uh, so uh, sitting next to me here is, uh, well, the man, the legend we all know. Uh, welcome, uh, Captain Jeff. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm so glad I get to take part of this uh, wonderful celebration. 200 episodes. That's awesome. Oh, I know, no, I'm I not know. supposed to say awesome. We use that too much. Awesome. 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 No, thanks for no, thanks for flying over, Jeff. It's uh, it's fantastic. Thanks for uh, taking time out of uh, obviously your busy schedule uh, for joining us on the show. It's, it's my uh, pleasure. Really good to see you. And yeah. I'm, I must say, you're very smart today, Jeff. Oh, thank you. Well, I make up for the lack of smart in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, joining us uh, here on the panel, it's uh, the amazing. Uh, well, I'm going to say someone who we probably could have done with yesterday, uh, because a certain <laughs> Mr. Coleman. Uh, managed to slice half his hand off uh, before he flew out here to the UK um, and we nearly had to fly uh, Dr. Steph in by private jet but we, we didn't at the last minute but uh, welcome onto the show Dr. Steph. Now, thank you so much for having all of us here and setting all of this up this is really awesome I'll say awesome again a million times just for Sir Neville Downs who <laughs> loves that word that we Americans use but no, this is this is a great setup and um, really cool uh, experience for all of the listeners here to be able to uh, do the simulator and uh, great beer too so thanks to yeah. Yeah. yes wow. Wow. Matt Caden really well done Matt Caden yeah. for the beers awesome awesome job um, but uh, have you managed to uh, fix Brian's uh, finger, Steph? I think he did a reasonable job of um, putting it back together himself. So uh, we'll give him that honorary medical degree here in a little while. And good to go. Oh, dear. And uh, sitting next to uh, Dr. Steph, uh, he is uh, the Admiral of Airbus. And, uh, well, it's Captain Nick. Hi there, everybody. What a great pleasure it is to be on this 200th show. You know, I never actually thought you'd get past two. And <laughs> now you're here at 200. This is absolutely brilliant. And uh, thanks for the beer. I noticed it was bottled yesterday. So it's, uh, it's a young, a youthful beer. Brilliant. It's lovely to see you all. Love to see all the wonderful people outside. And I uh, can't wait to get my hands on that Boeing and crash it. <laughs> He's under strict rules not to crash the sim later, but we, we are, I mean, we're all in agreement here. I think everyone who's outside, out in the lounge area at the sim centre here, uh, we all definitely want to see uh, Captain Nick uh, flying this, uh, this Boeing simulator, don't we? Well, flying might be a bit uh, uh, of a stretch. <laughs> a big a, stretch, I'd it's say. It's a Boeing, after all. I, I, could, I could probably uh, just blunder around it like all the Boeing pilots do. Uh, um, I think that as much as we should worry about uh, Nick, I think we need to worry more about Pip. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. a warning to the folks that run this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he may he do he may do a plane safety podcast, but um, is safety his middle name? I, I don't know. Anyway, moving swiftly on to uh, to the next uh, guest host on the show. And uh, he's been uh, staying at PTUK Towers for the last couple of days and uh, yesterday sampled many beers in and around the city of Norwich, where, uh, where me and Matt Neil live. And uh, welcome onto the show from the Airplane Geeks, Brian Coleman. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it's, it's been wonderful staying at uh, PTUK Towers. <laughs> too much, too much IPA. Yeah, That's a very appropriate name for it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Clean talking UK towers, uh, so that was a lot of fun. I uh, wanted to wish everyone a happy new year and a happy 200th show. And also wanted to uh, pass along Micah's uh, well wishes for everyone and, and congratulations. So he wanted to make sure that his love was, was expressed. So 
Um, Hi, Micah. Yeah, thanks for having me oh, and Micah. Micah. Yeah. So for uh, Dr. Steph, um, mm -hmm. in addition to the thumb, I wore the uh, uh, float plane shirt for you. Very nice. And, and for uh, Captain Nick, I did not wear my uh, Boeing hat. So <laughs> You're a gentleman. Yeah. 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 So I figured maybe Pip would appreciate the uh, uh, Dassault hat. That Boeing hat so. would have made me feel quite queasy. I'm, I'm standing here, at, you know, sitting here, and all I can see is huge letters in front of me, 737. <laughs> it's actually part of therapy for, for Nick. <laughs> Aversion therapy. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. And sitting next to Brian Coleman, uh, well, he's he's one of the uh, biggest legends, I think, of PTUK. I think we'll agree, guys. Yeah. And uh, every time we have him on the show, the uh, viewing figures spike tremendously, uh, quite <laughs> quite sharply. Um, so welcome. He is uh, obviously uh, an aficionado again of the Airbus product, Captain Al. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm absolutely delighted that I can make it. Um, as some of the listeners might know via uh, social media, uh, unfortunately I wasn't going to be able to come and then a little bit of good fortune came my way, my roster was changed and here I am and I'm absolutely chuffed to bits. Now I'm, I'm the actual official bookkeeper, I'm running a a sweepstakers to see who's going to do the best and worst landings so um, maybe the the listeners who can't be here or are indeed here but are also in the chat room so um, I'm taking bets really um, no money will change hands obviously I'm not a licensed bookmaker so um, but who do you think is going to do the best and worst out of the podcast presenters bets, really? in this similar who said that I don't who know that <laughs> I did that without moving my lips <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Pip. Pip just ran in. Pip just ran in. Now I have to say that um, those uh, pilots amongst us who fly the sort of older generation of aircraft are obviously going to have the upper hand here because um, things like trimming and so forth are alien territory for Nick and I. So uh, I think there should be a handicapping system in play. No, Jeff's shaking his head. He's, he's not accepting that. He, and you can't use jet lag as, uh, as an excuse now because you're fully acclimatised. Okay. <laughs> and we all look forward very much to seeing you both in the uh, sim later on, uh, Al and Nick. We should sit beside each other and do it and kick those Boeing guys out. Hey. Laurel and Hardy. Hey. We could have great fun. Anyway, moving swiftly on. So, uh, also, we actually ought to say uh, a massive uh, welcome to, obviously, for everyone as well who's sitting out the front there watching us uh, on the on the big screen. So, hello, everyone in the front room. Hello, hello everyone. <laughs> <laughs> can they hear that from? They can hear. Oh, okay. I think they can hear. Can they hear us in there? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think saying. we should label it the green room, really, because that's yeah. where all the booze is, isn't it? <laughs> and we, we better not say anything bad, Ed, really, have we? But uh, also in in the front room as well. Um, uh, also an awesome part of today has been for me seeing my father Phil uh, in the sim uh, he went in the sim earlier on and uh, had a go and uh, I, I will say obviously like father like son my father done an awesome takeoff and landing in the sim so well done Phil give him a round of applause <laughs> <laughs> he's very embarrassed he's very embarrassed yeah, he's no, very yeah. embarrassed yeah. <laughs> He is. He's got. He's got a lovely shade of red. Oh, has yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Dad. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's the IPA. Yeah. And on that note, actually, as well, we just yeah. actually elevator. I should just say because Owen's got a radio mic in there, so I don't know if Dad wants to say anything. Oh, Dad. Yeah. Just pass the radio mic to to my father, uh, Owen. Let's let's have a quick chat with my dad. Yeah, I'd just like to say, uh, great to actually uh, have an invitation to come here today, and uh, I've always fancied to go on the simulator, and 
you know, really enjoyed it. It's been, uh, been great. And, uh, God, you can tell he comes from Norfolk, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 and honestly, it's, uh, it's, it's because of my father that uh, this kind of aviation thing was, um, well, at a young age, um, put on, on, you know, brought into my life as such. I have very fond memories, actually, of uh, a flight in a, in a rather wonderful aircraft made by the Russians called the Tu-134A, uh, with an airline that I don't think is about anymore called Aviogenics. And um, <laughs> I can hear someone shouting in the front. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you can safely say that the Russian-built airliners are definitely um, built to last. I think is the word there. Well, they're built, built out of raw iron. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose you ought to move on with the show, I suppose, as, uh, as we normally do, I suppose. So we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're all ready... No, Matt's reading an iPad. Sorry, yes, sorry. The, the radio mic is working, but unfortunately the volume is very low. We don't seem to be able to do anything about it, so apologies about that. They're, they're all up. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, just before we move on, because yes. um, as you know, I have this habit of delaying everything so that we run out of time for the, for the military. It's all right, don't panic. We haven't actually planned any. Don't worry. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I did actually put a note in the show notes just to say, you know, apologies to Captain Al that we won't have any military segment this week. Have you not learned that neither Pip nor I bother to read the show notes? Ah. And, and actually, no one bothers to read the show notes. No, I don't. I don't. You no. come from the same school as Matt. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. But Nev's read, read the show notes, so we're okay. And uh, so we are going to start the show then, as we do each week with a rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Yeah. Nev? Yes. Guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ready. Yeah. Let's go. It's going to be awesome. So, kicking off this week's first news story on the Sky News website, this one. And uh, the headline, Budget Airline Norwegian Sets New Transatlantic Record. Uh, so, uh, the story then, a budget airline has beaten the record for the fastest transatlantic flight by a conventional aircraft. And I'm proud to say that uh, the Norwegian Boeing 787-9 Dreamliner flew from New York to JFK. And uh, from London Gatwick in five hours and 13 minutes, much to the surprise of the 284 passengers. Uh, the flight arrived in London 53 minutes early at 9.57 on Monday. The aircraft reached ground speeds of 776 miles per hour during the 3,500 mile flight, uh, thanks to tailwinds of 202 miles an hour. Uh, a British Airways Boeing 777-200 is believed to have previously held a subsonic flying record uh, from New York, London, uh, which was in 5 hours and uh, 16 minutes in 2015. Norwegian Captain Harold Van Dam, hmm, any relation to John Claude? Uh, the 787 Dreamliner is a pleasure to land and it's a great feeling to know that we have set a new record in the I, I can understand it being a pleasure to land. After all, who wouldn't <laughs> want to get out of that damn thing as quickly as possible? And I might point out the only reason it did it that way because it had a huge record-breaking tailwind. <laughs> so, yeah, on the, on the, on the uh, back of that story then, it's obviously, you know, it's uh, obviously a pleasure for you guys to see that uh, Boeing has again broken another record. 
It's broken another Boeing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing, Nick, you've never travelled at uh, these um, speeds in the, uh, the the 340. No, no, no. I mean, Even with all, your tailwind, all, all these airliners go very slowly compared with, say, the Tornado. Now, Al, you're obviously very famous uh, on the show for having high winds. Um, <laughs> well, you're being quite brave, all of you, sat in the same room as me after we all had curry last night. So, and uh, I believe oh you're boy. downwind of me, so... Ah, yes, there, that is the issue. But, uh, no, it's great news for, the, for uh, anyone on that. No. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan. Jonathan Warner just put a note at the window here in the studio saying, what, no military? <laughs> no. Sorry, sorry. He's come all this way. He's come all this way, I know. I mean, if it's bad enough that it's grey outside, we don't have to have grey on the show, do we? But back to the story, just a quick <laughs> note on the aircraft itself. It, the actual, uh, as we, a lot of people know, Norwegian uh, do have uh, iconic characters painted on their aircraft, and this one had... Uh, an actual painting on there of Amy Johnson, who was the first female pilot to flow solo from the UK to Australia in 1930. It's a quite nice story. So moving on to the next story, number two. Uh, Matt, this is for you, and as always, he's ready, poised like a coiled cobra, ready to go. And I'm going to keep this running until he's ready. So he's ready for story number two. Indeed. He's, 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 I can't do this and the cameras at the same time. You've only got one to read. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry. That's don't all right. Worry. That's fine. Oh, now I've got, oh, I've got one of those blocker things. Just come. All oh, right. Sorry. Oh, so story number two. Surprise, surprise. This will be, come as a terrible surprise to everyone. Story number two is a Ryanair story, everyone. Hey. Very good. Yes. So this is uh, on the independent website. And the headline is Ryanair flight diverted to remove drunk Irish couple. But wait, isn't that an oxymoron? I think you might be right there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway. I'm Irish, I can uh, say that. <laughs> you don't sound very Irish. Say, are, you, are you one of these one-eighth Irish where, you know, it's like every American is convinced that they're Irish at some point? No, I even <laughs> have a passport <laughs> oh. to prove it. <laughs> no, w w which will actually be really fun when I go to leave because I entered the UK on my Irish passport and I have to leave on my American one. So when they don't match up, I can't wait for this. <laughs> that sounds like a real challenge. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sounds, sounds like, good luck with that. Uh, anyway, uh, going on to the story. So a Ryanair flight from Alicante to Dublin had to be diverted to remove two disruptive passengers. The flight on the 10th of January made an unscheduled stop to Santander just before 4pm in the... Isn't that a bank? Santander? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, before 4pm in order to, for the unnamed couple in their 50s to be... I'm so sorry, this is why I don't drink beer. One moment. Um. <laughs> The Santander after two passengers became disruptive in flight, a Ryanair spokesman told the Independent. Uh, the aircraft landed normally and the uh, passengers were removed and detained by police upon arrival before the aircraft continued to Dublin. We will not tolerate unruly or disruptive behaviour at any time and the safety and comfort of our customers, crew and aircraft is our number one priority. This is now a matter for local police. Uh, once the aircraft landed at the, uh, I'm not even going to, anyway, the airport in Santander, Santander uh, the civil guard officers were waiting to escort them from the plane to formally identify them. The pair were not arrested, but likely to face a hefty fine for causing the incident. The uh, pilot asked us to attend because he didn't want two people who were on the plane and being aggressive to continue their journey. A spokesman for the civil guard in Cantabria told the Mail Online. See, I never really understand this. these stories. It's like I, I'm reading a story from the Independent website. 
uh, which the independent newspaper. You're right, they're chatting. Oh, they're, oh, they're not happy. No, mili- they're sulking. We've got two people. <laughs> they've gone in the sim. Given, they, they have no interest in this. Oh, but no. I, I never understand why the independent is reporting on a, sta- a story that the Mail newspaper has printed, because they're both publications. Surely. They have to have their own job. Ju- do you- they have the same owners or something? Is that? Well, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, Perhaps budget cutbacks. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and lazy. on the note of this story, Matt, I don't know whether you can bring up the picture of this, which is on the head of this story, the top of the story. Whether you can oh, bring up no. that picture or not. What's going There's on? There's a here? slight um, pictorial issue with the photo they've used for this story. There you go. It's up on the on YouTube. Right on now. YouTube. Very good. Oh. And. I don't know if anyone in the uh, in outside in the in the front lounge area can see a slight problem with the photo they've used uh, for this story regarding Ryanair because last thing I knew uh, the seven three seven eight hundred was not powered by Pratt and Whitney JT eight D engines. Oh no! No, Jeff. So. No. No. Stuck. But that, that is a fine engine. That is a fine engine. So. It's a fine engine and a fine aircraft, obviously. But uh, yeah, the seven three seven two uh, two hundred, which is what that is. Was used, sled. was used by Ryanair many, many years ago. It's a shame they couldn't have found a newer photo. Yeah, and Carlos, there aren't any uh, winglets on it either, right? No, yeah. no, very true as well, Brian. Yeah, very true. They obviously uh, forgot to ring Dan Hannington um, before they'd done this story <laughs> to get a proper photo. Yeah. So moving on to the next story, and, uh, well, Nev. Yeah, this is on the uh, Bloomberg website. And just before I start, can I just say some of the worst piece of journalism I have ever <laughs> read out in my life? It is shocking. But anyway, I'm going to give it a go nonetheless. And it says that uh, Airbus is in talks to sell new 380 jumbo planes to British Airways this year after securing a program saving deal from Persian Gulf operator Emirates, according to people familiar with the matter. The UK carrier, which currently has 12 A380s in its fleet, said in the past that it was looking for six to seven second-hand A380s. Now it's considering taking a larger number of new ones, said the people who asked not to be named before, uh, because the discussions are private. This sounds like a conversation in a pub, doesn't it? Extraordinary, <laughs> isn't it? Um, Airbus's outgoing head of sales, John Leahy, said on Bloomberg Television Friday he was confident that the European playmaker would secure one more A380 order this year. That customer is British Airways, the people said. Uh, Airbus, based in Toulouse, France, and uh, BA parent company IAGSA declined to comment. British Airways is interested in the Super Jumbo because of the jet's ability to maximise the number of passengers per flight at its London Heathrow hub, which is running close to capacity limits. The carrier's main focus is on the North Atlantic routes that are amongst the world's busiest long-haul services, and it ranks as the number one operator of Boeing's 747 Jumbo, the second biggest passenger plane after the A380 and BA is examining a deal for new planes after concluding that refurbishing used examples of the Airbus behemoth uh, for its own needs would be too expensive uh, one of the people said the carrier's super jumbos are fitted out in a four-class configuration uh, featuring 469 seats according to its website and uh, IAG uh, CEO Willie Walsh has been mulling the business case for second-hand A380s for at least two years, with planes becoming available as the older ones come off lease from Singapore Airlines after a decade of service. Uh, Walsh also ran the rule uh, over six younger aircraft 
deemed surplus to requirements at Malaysia Airlines. Uh, well, that's all very interesting, but unfortunately, without any sources being revealed here, it's, it's almost a bit of a, a non-story, isn't it? It is but a bit of a non-story. Sorry, sorry, Brian, you go ahead. No. Um, but isn't it rather disappointing, Nev, that the UK's flag-carrying airline is buying second-hand aircraft at mm. best? Surely... BA should be going out and buying new aircraft and, you know, setting the standard rather than just sweeping up other people's leftovers. I think it's all about uh, perhaps budget, isn't it? And obviously the uh, the Singapore uh, A380s are 10 years old now and perhaps there was a very good deal being done that uh, they couldn't resist. Yeah, certainly with used aircraft, there's... I mean, Delta's done a fine job of being phenomenally... or making those aircraft phenomenally profitable. So that makes sense to me, but do you really think that BA's going to pick up more A380s? No, I, I didn't say, no. Yeah, I just see the death of that aircraft. Yeah, I, absolutely. And and I just hope that it continues to fly, so I could actually fly in it because it's one of the very few that I haven't been. Yeah, in I'm, yet. I'm, so I'm the same, looking actually. forward to that, but <laughs> yes. I yeah. just don't see it as being yeah, an agree. economical. You don't see aircraft. United getting any 380s then? Yeah, no, never. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Right you heard it here first. <laughs> on that so, bombshell. Moving, yeah, on that bombshell. Moving swiftly on to, uh, to the next story then. And uh, Jeff, TSA, this is one for you. This from KTSA, 107.1 FM, 550 AM. KTSA, San Antonio. All right. Have you considered a career in radio? I... I uh, <laughs> you can sing the jingles at least. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, interestingly enough... This is covered by KTSA, and it's about TSA. TV film crew arrested by TSA for intentionally bringing fake explosive to airport. A television crew, this was in Newark, New Jersey, television crew was arrested on Thursday after attempting to pass a suspicious item with all of the makings of an improvised explosive device through security at Newark Liberty International Airport. At least seven individuals had been arrested by Port Authority Police after Transportation Security Administration officers detected a suspicious item in a carry-on bag. A preliminary investigation revealed some members of the group carried the item through the security checkpoint, while others in the group covertly filmed the encounter. Their goal was to see whether or not the TSA would detect the item, which was concealed in a rolling bag. TSA officers did, in fact, detect it, and the film crew was arrested on multiple charges. And it looks like they are facing a possible civil penalty by TSA and can be charged over $13,000 per security violation. Brilliant! Did someone, did someone forget to tell them that they were coming through with this bag or, you know, it's seems a bit silly to go through, uh, especially with the security as it is with, I know the TSA could be quite um, um, energetic when it comes to security. I think they were trying to test the system, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. intentional. They yeah, yeah. Um, and it's obviously spectacularly backfired. And uh, I guess uh, a producer somewhere along the lines is going to get fired. Hmm. Yeah, Probably they're certainly not. not fessing up to it right now. That it was their idea. No, they're going to get a promotion, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll, they'll just pay that yeah. fine and carry on. Yeah. I'm sure. Personally, I've absolutely no sympathy. I hope they bang them in jail. I mean, uh, the authorities, certainly in the UK, already do this. They, uh, the, in the U UK, the CAA regularly try and pass through uh, suspect uh, explosives and weapons through the security systems of uh, our airports. Uh, to test the system. They also uh, secrete um, test devices on board aircraft to make sure the uh, security searches on the aircraft are being done correctly. So to have some news crew try and John Wayne their way uh, and replicate this and finally the thing they get caught, I think they should have the, the book thrown at them. 
Yeah, couldn't agree more. That's, that's very good. Uh, can I just say, ladies and gents, uh, if you are watching live on YouTube and you'd like to message the show during uh, oh, yeah. while we're doing this, uh, send us a tweet uh, using the hashtag #PTUK200, and when we get them, we'll put them up on screen and read them out. So hashtag #PTUK200 if you want to send us a message. I notice some people have been doing that, and I've been popping them up while you've been reading the stories. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, all very good. Hashtag #PTUK200. So, next story then, uh, Dr. Steph. Sure, this is from the independent.co.uk, and the headline is New Ultra Long Haul Flight from Houston to Sydney Launches. Um, this is uh, maybe of interest to Brian Coleman because it's his maybe. favorite. Uh, <laughs> so, United Flight 101 will take 17 hours and 30 minutes. The world's latest ultra-long-haul route is scheduled to take off from Houston on Friday evening, destination Sydney. United Airlines Flight 101 leaves at 8 p.m. for the 8,596-mile trip to Australia's largest city. It is 18 miles longer than the existing Qantas route from Dallas to Sydney. (laughs) But who's counting? Yeah, i got to get those extra 18 miles in there. Just be a tiny bit further. So the new flight is scheduled for 17 hours, 30 minutes. The plane arrives at 6.30 a.m. local time, two days after leaving Houston with one day lost because of the international dateline. But on the return journey, passengers will arrive 75 minutes before they set off local time. Departure at 11.50 a.m., arrival at 10.35 a.m. the same day. Uh, The most direct route is almost all oceanic after crossing the Rio Grande from Texas and traversing northern Mexico, the Boeing 787 will clip the tip of the Baja Peninsula and begin the Pacific crossing, passing close to Tonga before making landfall over Sydney. Airlines President Scott Kirby said, we are demonstrating United's commitment to our customers who call Houston home, as well as the millions of customers who connect through Houston each year. Uh, Mayor of Houston, Sylvester Turner said, we are looking forward to visiting Sydney and welcoming our Australian visitors with open arms to Texas. So this is actually only United's second longest route. It's beaten by the 8,770-mile Los Angeles to Singapore link that they launched in October 2017. And together with its service from San Francisco to Singapore, which is 8,447 miles, United will fly the three longest flights by a U.S. carrier. Yay, United. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So they look forward to having you on all of their uh, ultra-long-haul flights in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, so well, I've done the uh, San Francisco-Singapore flight, and I've also uh, recently done the, the Los Angeles-Singapore oh. flight. So, so all you need is, is the Houston to I, Sydney. I, so I know, and perfect. I will have the triple. Yeah. All right. Did they give you some sort of special badge? or uh, Probably not. No. No. <laughs> no, they just <laughs> take my money and say thank you very much. No extra frequent flyer miles earned for that, I suppose. Uh, they'll probably give him a rubber ring to sit on with all those <laughs> pressure sores, I would have thought. <laughs> Actually, Brian, you flew over here uh, to the UK with United on the uh, on the Dreamliner. I did. And how was your flight? Yeah, on the Dash Nine, I, I uh, was fortunate enough to have been upgraded, so I was in business class, and I had my uh, uh, flight of of wine uh, sample. I took an Ambien, and the next thing I know, we were landing. So I really have no <laughs> idea how it was. So you had all the luxury, and uh, <laughs> I slept the entire, slept the entire time. time. Yeah. So basically, on next week's show, we'll be running the news story of this American who took the ambulance, took all his clothes off, wandered <laughs> around the cabin to be a United flight. <laughs> Quite possibly. We'll look out for that one in next week's show. So moving on to the next story, uh, Captain Nick. 
this one's for you. Well, this is great. Don't the Metro find some fantastic <laughs> stories? I must say, this, this story is absolute sh- uh, <laughs> shameful, <laughs> shameful uh, story. Uh, yes. Okay, so um, airline tightens up pet rules after excessive pooping on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> we just love it. So this uh, is some fly-by-night outfit. Uh, I think they work in the States. It's uh, Delta Airlines. Uh, has been forced to toughen up its rules for owners of animals that fly after complaints of a mile-high club... Oh, I'm sorry, mile-high pooping. (laughs) The... uh, The mile-high club should definitely have been left out of that since it's an animal story. Um, The... um, Steady, Al. The uh, company says grievances about animals biting or (coughs) peeing or pooping have nearly doubled, double poops, since uh, 2016. So starting on March the 1st, Delta will require owners to show proof of their animal's health or vaccinations at least 48 hours before a flight. Owners of psychiatric... I've had a beer. Um, Service animals. How do you service a psychiatric? Interesting. Um, Psychiatric service animals and so-called emotional... I'm doing air quotes here. So-called emotional support animals uh, will need to sign a statement vouching that their animal can behave. But owners will be on the honour system, which means it will do absolutely nothing. Sorry to sorry to interrupt you there. It's 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 got it's become desperate measures. Poor Jeff is so desperate for a drink that he's actually tweeted the hashtag PTUK200 requesting a beer. How rude! Bingo beer! Bingo beer! Uh oh! So uh, pick my story, won't you? While to deliver the beer. So, owners will be on the honour system. They won't have to show, for example, that their dog graduated from uh, college uh, or an obedience school. Uh, Delta's policy uh, changes, uh, sorry, Delta's policy change arrives with the number of animals in the cabin increasing. Uh, John Laughter, (laughs) the airline's senior vice president, he isn't really called that, is he? What a funny name. Oh my God, yes. Oh dear. Um, And um, Vice President of Safety and Security uh, said there are insufficient rules in place to screen animals for health and behaviour issues. He said that Delta sought a balance that supports those customers with a legitimate need uh, for these animals whilst maintaining safety. Uh, Delta's new rules are aimed at two categories, service animals, which receive special training, and they're the kind of genuine animals that we all appreciate having on the flight deck, sorry, on the, uh, in the cabin, because, uh, you know, they're usually seeing eye, or blind dogs, as we say in the UK, uh, or uh, sort of dogs for uh, disabled people, disabled servicemen, that sort of thing. So they're great. Um, and so-called, more air uh, quotes, Emotional support animals, which require no training at all. Both fly for free and are not required to be caged during the flight. The emotional support group has been growing rapidly, and it's the target of most of the new Delta's procedures. Last June, a 70-pound, that's quite cheap really, isn't it, 70 quid? Um, A 70-pound, that would be 30-odd kilos. That's quite a big dog. Um flying as a support animal bit another passenger several times in the face on a Delta plane in Atlanta. Last time I'm going there. I've just had a fantastic idea for a real wind-up, Nick. 
Go you on, and then. I are going to go out to the States and we're going to go and buy an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to take it along to the airport and say that we need it for emotional support. And we we're do. going to see how it goes. Absolutely. I think the answer would probably be, well, if you can get it through the aircraft door. <laughs> yeah, where are you going to get the... the um Vest for the elephant, though that's that's going to be fun. I think you have to, like, have to knit dress it or crochet it, it yourself. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A bit of gaffer tape will do. A bit of duct tape around it. There you go. <laughs> exactly right. Now that would be a great idea, but I think a giraffe might be more fun. Anyway, the victim was taken to hospital. Look, I've seen how United handled, you know, guitars. So I mean, th there's a fair chance that the giraffe's not going to make it either, is there? Uh, and, it could and doctors. Be right. yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Now, I don't know if uh, Matt can manage to get the, uh, the, the picture. picture, the duck, up on the screen, but uh, uh, for those of you who can see it, here is Daniel, the emotional support duck, in his red-shoed glory. <laughs> so he's got little red shoes on. I don't see his day-glow emotional support, but he's got some kind of a badge on, on his chest, but I can just see what fun that would be. I'm, I'm sure people would just do it for sport, to see what obscure animal they can uh, get on. So a duck's pretty good, but uh, I've heard of uh, emotional support turkeys, uh, alligators, snakes. Becomes a worry eventually, doesn't it? Federal regulations have interpreted that a uh, 1986 access to travel law to allow support animals in airplane cabins and in apartment buildings, there's no difference at all, really, uh, that do not allow pets. So um, they've uh, created, a, well, that has created a cottage industry of online companies that help people cheat, I'm sorry, help people establish their pet as an emotional support animal. The classification spares the owner from hefty airline charges and obviously the necessary safety uh, aspect of putting uh, a, an animal quite correctly in the aircraft hold rather than having it wandering around free in the cabin. Uh, that's me saying that. Uh, airlines must allow support animals in the cabin, although they can require owners to present a letter from a doctor or other medical provider who can vouch that the uh, human traveller is helped by having the animal there. We're They'll okay on that, Winnick. We've got a doctor on board. We well, just I was just going to say, uh, Dr. Steph um, will actually provide those uh, letters no. 50 quid ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there we'll, you have to pay in advance. What we'll yeah. do is we'll give Steph one of Brian's ambience and we'll get her to sign the letter later on and we'll be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now Delta will now ask to see those letters 48 hours in advance. Delta, the second biggest US airline by revenue, says it transports about 700 service and support animals every day. That's nearly quarter of a million a year. More, more than two-thirds are emotional support animals. That does not include animals for which owners pay a fee to keep in a carrier under their seats during the flight. Although exact figures aren't available, airline employees say dogs and cats are the most common on planes, but there have been sightings of pigs, snakes and turkeys, <laughs> although most of the turkeys are on the flight deck. Boom. I actually quite like the picture on here. I love, <laughs> lovely, uh, the, uh, the, the emojis that they've used on that particular photo is quite good uh, there. Very good. But honest, Jeff, being a pilot over in the US with the airline you fly for, have you had seen any of these weird and wonderful pets? On I haven't seen the uh, odd ones, but I've seen uh, a lot of mostly dogs and cats. Yeah. yeah and Which is ridiculous. Do you think if you asked Acme if you could bring your uh, pet on board... Would that be... Um, well, no. I mean, if you've uh, seen the latest episode of the uh, Airline Pilot Guy, 
AirlinePilotGuy.com. Um, <laughs> you'll note that uh, the uh, title of the show is Emotional Support First Officer. So I travel with uh, emotional support uh, personnel all the time. <laughs> How about Acme Red then, uh, Nick? Do, do you allow uh, emotional support uh, animals with Acme no. Red? No. no. The, the Are only, you suggesting uh, that there's dogs on board? Woof, woof. Um, the only... Uh, the, uh, not my airline. Um, the only uh, animals that are allowed in the cabin area are genuine uh, service mm -hmm. animals, and they have to have been through the formal training that a, a blind dog would receive, uh, or one of these uh, assist dogs for a disabled person that has been properly trained and has been brought up uh, to do this kind of a job, uh, and not just somebody's pet who wants to uh, cheat uh, and not have to pay the fee of putting it in the in the hold. I have to say, I'm happy to see an airline like Delta finally putting their foot down and saying okay this is enough we're gonna I think they were waiting for you know some legislation or some kind of a rulemaking to take place and they finally said okay forget it we're gonna go ahead and just uh, you know put these additional requirements on and just uh, stop all this nonsense yeah I think you you as pilots take enough shameless um, <laughs> things that you don't need this this kind of uh, this kind of thing on on, on board. I, I went a really funny culley there. For a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that deliberately. Shame on you. I, I wonder if we Can should uh, throw this to our wonderful panel that are all in the yeah, uh, in the front in the front room there. If Owen could grab the microphone and let's get to, uh, you'll have to speak really firmly into the microphone because I'm afraid it's not working as well as we'd hoped. But um, yeah, guys, I wonder if any, anybody can put their hand up if they've got any idea that they'd like to, any comments they'd emotional like to add in regard to emotional support animals. Without using the word pussy at any point. Stop it! <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely nothing, Luke. Not, not even... <laughs> Does anyone have an elephant in the green room? Is anybody awake in the green room? I would love to be cabin crew with a plane full of animals because they would probably behave a lot better than people. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we wouldn't uh, get any drunks on board. That, that might be an idea. Have a, a, an airline just for uh, animals? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> an airline just for animals? Now Actually, they, they wouldn't bother me at all. I'd love to have a dog sitting next to me. I think or a you, turkey. I think that you've taken uh, just animals on, on board. Yeah, we regularly take. Uh, Dogs and, and things, they're pretty well behaved. I got bitten once by a dog on board, but that's okay. Where's the camera? Come over here, camera. <laughs> we don't need to see where you were bitten, Pip. That's just too much. <laughs> I wanted to show everyone in the chat room the PTUK beer. Have you guys seen this? Brewed by Matt Caton. Where is he? There he is over there. Hello. <laughs> this is an excellent beer. I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Wish everyone in the chat room could have a little swig. Uh, Captain Al. Yes. <laughs> I think we'd all like to hear the story about the EasyJet 737 model and what you did with it and where you put it. Family show, everyone. <laughs> Family show. Where's Jeff with the soundboard? You, need it. <laughs> you don't need the soundboard for that one. I'm right here. You okay, don't. he's here. <laughs> Sorry. Matt's here. Don't panic. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> anyway, 
Well, uh, any more from the uh, the front room on uh, in regards to uh, to pets? Are we all uh, petted out? I mean, it's a crazy situation, really, isn't it? I mean, it's it started out as a good idea, but it's just evolved into complete and utter <laughs> nonsense. And unfortunately, and I'm not having a, a, a go at the Americans, it's a wonderful country, as many people know, I visit there on vacation many times a year, and it's a lovely country to visit, but there appears to be no common sense at play in legislation. So you write a piece of no, that's legislation... that's a problem. It's no, common no sense comment. isn't common. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm quite serious that someone could turn up with, you know, an emotional support elephant. What the hell is the airline going to do? You know, how can it handle that Weight situation? How would you get an elephant on the scales? I mean, even if you take a baby elephant, it's got to weigh, well, I don't know, what, half a ton or something. So, I mean, it's just an absolute nonsense. And I'm glad, as, as Jeff said, that you know, one or two of the airlines are saying, right, enough is enough. <coughs> if you need an emotional support animal this much, go buy a car. <laughs> or can I recommend or an excellent service known as Flight Fair Solutions? Uh, they're yeah. quite good at uh, you know just, just helping plug. elephants get on aeroplanes. But anyway, yeah. that's just that's just me. Well, I, I just hope that no one decides to take some emotional support fleas on board the aircraft. Otherwise, it, well, someone know, took bed bugs as emotional support. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's enough about that, that was a BA moving on. Actually, yeah, yeah. 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 I think cockroaches. The they're another favourite. Yeah. 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 Trouble is, they leave them on board. Yeah. I mean, I have had a, coming back from uh, somewhere in the Caribbean, arriving into Cardiff in Wales, and when the, the baggage handlers opened up the hole, some, uh, opened up the hold, excuse me, some <laughs> snakes came out of the hold, and that caused quite a bit of chaos and carnage, because no one knew what the snakes were, whether they were poisonous or not, and they had to try and catch them to identify them. And obviously no one would go near the aeroplane. until, And it just went on and on and on. The aeroplane was on the ground for a day whilst they dealt with this. So, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's... You mean that the insecticide spray that they put into the cargo hold before takeoff didn't work on the snakes? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just killed the insects and the snakes were able to clean up easily. Yeah, they, 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 had a day, right? they were like, ooh, well fed yeah, on yeah. this flight. I love it. So, moving on from that sh sh shocking story, uh, we'll go on to, to Brian. So, the Lonely Planet has a story about an airline passenger <laughs> who was refused boarding for wearing too much clothing. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it happens the other way. In this particular case, this gentleman had too much on. So, airline passenger was dismayed to be refused travel on, on two planes. <laughs> Ever the professional, eh, Jeff? <laughs> you can pay the royalties for that one. It's websites that have sound. I'm sorry. So, Brian, you're wearing clothes. Yeah. <laughs> how, how novel. Yeah, so, uh, but he was refused travel on two planes after turning. Don't you take one flight at a time? I'm confused over how he was refused uh, keep, continue reading. I think they will explain how this happened. Uh, because it, it was two consecutive attempts at flying with this much clothing. Ah, there you yeah. go. See, had I read the show notes ahead of time, I had probably would have known this. Had you listened to the most this. recent uh, airline pilot guy, you might also be familiar with the story. Oh. <laughs> if your shows weren't three hours each, I wouldn't be six months behind in listening to them. <laughs> There's a continuing theme here, isn't it? More and more people are seemingly not listening to not the airline <laughs> Oh, dear. No, but soon you were going to get my Christmas feedback. Okay, yeah, I will get to it in July. Don't worry. 
scratches feedback. Already taken care of. Okay, so the guy turns up at check-in wearing ten shirts and eight pair of pants. <laughs> so Ryan Carney Williams was traveling from Iceland to London. Hmm. He was preparing for the weather, I guess. Mm. And he made his decision to wear all of his clothes to avoid paying a checked baggage fee of 90 pounds. How nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he attempted to check in for his BA flight at, oh, I can never pronounce this word. Keflavik. Keflavik, which is near Reykjavik. Yep. Um, and the passenger who, d- who designs and sells clothes under the name Ryan Hawaii. <laughs> That's Mr. Hawaii. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, he was refused boarding. I'm sorry, I keep giggling through this. So Must he be the designed IPA. his own clothes, is, is that right? Yeah, he apparently designed his own clothes and decided to wear so all of them. So this wouldn't at all be an attempt to get publicity for his clothes designing business? Only if people talked about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, and he took to Twitter to complain. Go figure. Hmm. Yeah, so I, 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 I think... Um, he he might have achieved his goal of some publicity there, and yeah, he's okay. famous. But it was yeah. a BA flight. I'm I'm guessing Nev that you generally tend to travel in just a, a shirt and tie and and trousers rather than five jumpers, six shirts and yeah, a bone dome and a pressure suit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which well, and BA. I'm not surprised. Well, exactly. I thought I'd just feed you the line. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like the next bit. So a spokeswoman from BA subsequently explained why the decision and um, decision had been taken to deny Ryan boarding. The decision to deny boarding was absolutely not based on race. What? How does that even come into the equation? I think he tried to claim that first. It was, it was, he played the race <laughs> card. The, Racial yeah. profiling. Yeah, yeah okay. Jeez. Oh, it's a crazy world we live in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, from ducks to too much clothing. This is just absolutely insane. Hey, it's, it's PTUK 200. What <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we done with this one? Apparently so. Apparently okay. so. Okay. I'm, I'm done with it. Well, I, uh, when we did the show, I liked the bit about the passenger who had tried to go from uh, Glasgow to London on a flight with 12 sets of clothes and uh, he had a problem because he fainted during the flight. <laughs> <laughs> what, from exactly right. yeah. they, they had to call uh, medical staff thing. to get him off the airplane and make sure he was alright when he got to London. And I think this guy, Mr. Mr. Hollywood, um, actually was refused boarding on a, a second flight on a different airline for the same and that's absolutely true, and as it so happens, by uh, the virtue of technology, we're not going to name any names here, uh, but many people around this table and many of the listeners uh, will actually know the captain of the second airline who refused him. To travel. That was clever. I like that. Hey, can we all have a nickname? Okay, who's been putting funny now, stuff in the beer? I can test. Oh, it's stopped now. What a shame. Because I was <laughs> just going to test that thing where. Uh, Ducks, a duck quack won't echo. Oh, no, it doesn't okay. echo. Okay. And uh, the feed has gone apparently in the other room. Oh. Ah. So are we still live? We're or? still live, yeah. Okay, all right. Much live. So okay. it? Come on, spill so the right. captain. Are you uh, no, no, I'm not going to say no. because it's not, not appropriate, but, okay. it, but it's someone who's well-known to the podcasting community. And uh, the, the individual who was attempting to travel uh, made a bit of a fuss and he ended up getting arrested and maced. So quite clearly his 90 pound saving strategy 
is going to cost him a lot more in legal fees and so forth. So Yeah, it's um, all fun and games still you get maced in the face. <laughs> nice. yeah. I love it. Uh, I mean, I've never seen anyone maced. I have witnessed someone being tasered, and it was good entertainment, I have to say. You know, <laughs> in Iceland, do they use the maces that are just a spray, or are the old-fashioned medieval ones that are oh, well, yes, an I mean, bar yeah. with a big ball on well, them? <laughs> quite possibly in Iceland, uh, the, the latter. But, yes. I mean, when all said and done, um, you, you know, the, the people who try to beat the system... Some will be successful and some will fail spectacularly. And this is, and if you try it once and fail, generally speaking, life, you're probably best off just quitting whilst you're at that point and yeah. handing over the £90 and just going with it. Because how much did your second flight cost? Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. good point. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. Um, well, so BA are foolishly giving him a refund. But there ah, you go. well. But, I mean, if you're trying to do this at home, folks, don't. It's just not going to work. You're going to try to beat the system. And in this particular case, you're going to end up in an Icelandic prison cell um, with a bit of a stingy face. Yeah, I, I want to know how he got 10 <laughs> pairs of shoes on. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he can fit. Incremental sizes. <laughs> you end up looking he, like Beppo the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was out designing his outfits, apparently, so he just yeah. designed them all to go with the same pair of shoes, yeah. so he didn't need the two. Yeah, well, they uh, color-coordinated. Yeah. 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 Well, well, what is sad about this story is, is that his emotional support duck was allowed to travel. <laughs> <laughs> Without him. Without him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the duck is heartbroken because he now finds himself in London all alone. Yeah, exactly right, with just so, his red shoes on. Yeah. So. <laughs> so now the duck needs an emotional support animal. <laughs> so moving on then, Captain Al, the uh, the next story is uh, is one for you. Yeah, I seem to have got lumbered with the sad story, don't I? So uh, you know, do we have any sort of you know violins and you no, know that some was a uh, technical step too far? Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so this comes from the uh, the Daily Mail travel section, and the headline reads. Aeroplane seats for £1,333 and branded chocolates for £195. Air Berlin is selling off its entire stock after going bankrupt with £700 million debt. Uh, just scrolling through the adverts. Oh, one's for the Premier Inn. Oh, what a marvellous facility. <laughs> Not quite as good as Hilton, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, the carrier was once Germany's second biggest airline after Lufthansa and was even a member of the One World Al Airline Alliance, spearheaded by British Airways. But after years of losses, Air Berlin was first to declare insolvency in August before it ceased operations at the end of October with almost £700 million worth of debt. And now trying to recoup some of the cash owed, German authorities instructed auction house Deschau to sell off as much of the Air Berlin stock as possible for the highest price. Until February the 2nd, items such as life jackets, blankets, aeroplane models and even trolleys used by the flight attendants are being sold to the highest bidder. I missed that. Were you saying the flight attendants were trolleyed? Well, yeah, and they're being sold off. Oh, well. um, <laughs> I'll I'd imagine a few of them are a bit used. <laughs> uh, the story continues. Among the lots is a double business class seat made out of blue leather, mm. which had a reserve price of £133, but now has bids as high as £1,333. Entire batches of Air Berlin chocolate hearts which were traditionally handed out to passengers at the end of the flight are also being auctioned. Uh, those with a sweet tooth can also buy two kilos of the confectionery made by Lindt, 
with current bids at £195. Meanwhile, a batch of 10 metal suitcases full of children's toys are going for £134. And it actually says a smart cat. This just goes to show how much the uh, Daily Mail do their proofreading. It's actually a smart car, folks, uh, in the Air Berlin colours. Already has a bid of £3,377. However, one of the most expensive items uh, is a giant Air Berlin-branded Airbus A320 scale model, which has bids topping £5,333. Um, probably the technique to winning the auctions is to bid something ending in four, because just about everything seems to be going <laughs> for something and three. Uh, Toki Branksy of Deschamps Auction House said, We are very content. The rush on the first day has surprised us. Well, that was quite an emotive statement, wasn't it? But it's very sad to see Air Berlin go. Um, there seems to be too many airlines folding just at the moment. Um, and indeed, my former airline, um, if anybody uh, listening has any interest, they're also, or the administrators, are auctioning off just about everything. And I think the online auction takes place on the 28th of this month. Don't quote me on that. It's not facts that I have to hand. Uh, but they're auctioning off, yeah, everything that uh, is... Uh, available to be sold, uh, including computer monitors and branded items and not. Well, it would be nice to think that those funds would be going to uh, recompense the employees that yeah. lost their jobs and are still owed money. I sincerely hope so. I sincerely yeah. hope so. Um, unfortunately, I would imagine a lot of the money that is raised is going to pay the administrator's fees. Yeah. Looking at the pictures on the story, these, uh, these seats on here, uh, the business class seats, if you had uh, a kind of a, a large lounge room and you wanted to make a, a really cool cinema these would be a good addition why would you uh, need a large lounge room, room? aeroplanes are quite small you could actually supposedly get them in a small lounge room oh, okay a small lounge <laughs> room then yeah okay but these seats are awesome i'm gonna i might pick up some of these for the uh, for the van oh they'd be good yeah yeah excellent i thought the smart car was kind of fun Smart cat. Smart cat. I want one of those smart cats. And I, I my think smart I'm, I'm dogs can change. Oh, uh, good, oh, luck, good luck, guys. I'd like my, ten of them going my, in. My, in my, the brother, sim no, now. my brother is going to fly the sim, so I'm very excited to watch this. Uh -oh. That might be a little oh, distracting. Dr. Steph's brothers are going worry, in the sim. I just noticed that uh, Paul, the instructor, was just sort of wagging his finger at uh, Steph's brothers as if to say, don't break it, lads. That's probably a wise thing for him to say to them. But uh, going back to the story, I, I want that model. Okay. Um, it's probably going to upset the wife. Um, He's talking about a model but airplane. The, the airplane, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I'll, I know it's an Airbus, but, you know, um, yeah, I'll have that in the front garden. I, I'm not quite sure if I should tell this story or not, but uh, when Monarch Airlines oh. uh, went out of business on the night of the first stroke, second of October, uh, the last people to leave the operations centre took the giant... 787 model from the foyer out to the car park, shoved it in the back of their car and drove for home. <laughs> Excellent. There were thousands. Yes, they are. It's, uh, it's probably about, uh, I don't know what scale it is, but it's about six foot long, the model is. Good so, um, And it brilliant. obviously was uh, given to the airline when they placed the order for the, uh, for the aircraft. So, um, yeah, it, uh, I'm not, not quite sure where it is these days. but I'll, yeah. I'll be checking eBay later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there was a lot of stuff that went on eBay shortly after the uh, demise of the airline. The, the joint account may get a hammering. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, before I get uh, divorced, moving on to the, uh, the, <laughs> the next story. 
Uh, where are we? Oh, I forgot where we're up to now. Uh, this is back to back to me. Have you not read the show notes? No, I haven't <laughs> read the show notes. Whose show is this? Have you got this story up? No, I have. No. If oh, the Pope on. flies on an airplane, no. is the Pope a Catholic? <laughs> what is the next story? Is really? It's Pope Francis. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got Marrying it down this yeah. end of the table. I, I, I actually, I actually yeah, sent that as a broken link yesterday. So yeah, that's yeah. probably I'm having trouble uh, bringing it. Brian up. and I are organised. We, yeah. we, you know, yeah, Brian, yeah, Brian, why don't you take? Because you yeah, actually you found go. you found this story last yeah. night, Brian. No, no well, <laughs> yes, but this is just mean of you to make me read this. I know. So, uh, and this is from BBC News. Pope Francis marries a couple on chilly flight. What was the air conditioning broken? It was cold, yeah. yeah. It was, well, it was a Boeing, wasn't it? So quite clearly, you know, it's, it's archaic to keep warm. Control. Doesn't the Pope know that he can't get married? <laughs> <laughs> Cute sound effects. Hmm. And wouldn't it be a, a three ship if, they, if <laughs> he married a couple? That would be really weird. So... Paula somebody Ruiz and Carlos somebody somebody or other 41. Oh, and now I understand why you're trying to palm the story off onto me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've, it's I, it's I've Paula Podcast Ruiz. Have you seen that? It's a great name. Paula Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. Anyway. Um, but they had been married earlier in civil service, but asked Pope to... Bl oh, he only blessed their marriage. He didn't even marry them. Not the full ceremony on board. Apparently not. Ah. It's I, mean, you, I mean, you've got an aisle to walk down. Oh, very, very good. good. <laughs> yes. Well, if you've got a twin aisle, which aisle do you walk around? Uh, oh, you see now. One on either side. Yeah, one on each yeah, side. Yeah, you meet in the galley. galley. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what you do. Yeah, so anyway, uh, so... Do you want me to marry you? The Pope apparently asked. I, who would say no I mean, to that? I just can't imagine the Pope just saying, you all right there? Do you want me to marry <laughs> well, you? A, a Buddhist might not want yeah. the Pope to marry them. Yeah. <laughs> I think he probably worded it slightly different to that. A Muslim? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder yes. if he charged a fee. You know, whether just, you know, cash is fine. It's okay, don't worry about it. No paperwork. Good <laughs> <laughs> okay. luck with the lawyers on that one. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the couple said they were unable to conduct a ceremony in their church in the Chilean capital, Santiago, after it was damaged in an earthquake in 2010. Pope Francis suggested he perform a brief ceremony on the short flight from Santiago to the city of something else in northern Chile. So I'm just not good with these names. Uh, he carried out a Catholic wedding service for the couple, uh, well, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, right, if it was a Buddhist ceremony, that yeah, would have been really weird. That would be strange. Really it would be, be a little <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Right. Uh, so let's say it was um, winding up the airlines. What? The airlines boss has a witness? That's wow. Okay. How I, I cool is that? I, I don't think this story is going very well. Shall, shall we move on? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, I'm just in, impressed that they had the 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 boss of the airline on this flight as well flying with the pope and the pope just so happened to marry them i mean how nice and they also had cbs news on board because a correspondent <laughs> tweeted a photo of the document the uh, pope wrote 
a handwritten religious marriage document on a single sheet of paper signed by bridegroom and witness. So I, I think it might have been a bit did, set up. Do you yes, think it, this does, was it does, it does stink mm. of being a setup, doesn't it, really? Perhaps Still, I think it's rather nice. I mean, what a great idea. Yeah. I'm so surprised nice. no one's taken this idea up and, you know, having um, ceremonies on board aircraft. No. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, why the, the captain yeah. can do it? Surely, uh, what do you reckon, Captain yeah. Jeff? Can we uh, perform marriages? I don't think so. Oh, okay. You sure? Even uh, if you're international in like waters, a, you couldn't. Could you ordained be ordained in like the Universal Church of? Even if the aircraft is ordained, the aircraft is ordained. Captain Jeff, besides leaving the flight deck, why not? Because you can get married at sea, and the captain of a maritime vessel can yeah. marry you. Yeah, That's yeah. what I've heard, but uh, I don't think it applies to ships in the sea in the air. Ships in the sky? Yeah. It's an interesting one, actually. Uh, A wedding was conducted with the airline that I used to work for by the captain. Um, In the airline that I now work for, which we shall not name, uh, it's actually strictly prohibited to conduct weddings on board. They've actually written it in the Opsman. So so there's a policy. You will not perform weddings. (laughs) We prefer that you fly the airplane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) But it it was just... When you you join a new airline, you're looking through the operations on it, and it just... It was just there in, in black and white. You shall not. Does it say you, you can't perform christenings or funerals? No, no, it, it, well, no, it's just specifically related to weddings. And what it actually says is commanders shall not perform wedding blessings or ceremonies on board. Or words to that effect. I love it. Yeah. I love, which actually means that at some point someone tried it. I'd yes. love to know the story. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been the champagne toast that got them into trouble. Well, yeah. I mean, I've... I've I've done various functions on board. I've announced uh, engagements and uh, done that sort of thing. Uh, I don't want to know about your functions on yeah. board. The was, was there any prohibition against streaking down the aisles? Well, <laughs> uh, Probably but, not. Uh, I've had got Next fairly close to having a berth on board, but we managed to avert that one by uh, what, champagne the, cork. Yeah, well, yeah. A uh, lady uh, gave birth about an hour and a half after getting off the aircraft, so it was quite oh, a wow. close thing. Yeah. Oh, well, we've had a few babies on board. It's, yeah. it's common between uh, uh, Lagos and London for ladies of ah, a certain Lagos. length of pregnancy to try and get to London to uh, give birth, and they will sometimes appear uh, with perhaps not quite the right paperwork for yeah. their, to their, their length of pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, my wife wasn't overly impressed with the idea of spending the last few weeks of her pregnancy in McDonald's so that we could get free chicken nuggets if my son was born there. <laughs> Nice one. Is that a thing? You're still married? <laughs> Last time I checked. <laughs> so the next story, and the penultimate story, is uh, on the Business Traveller site. And, uh, well, it's it's one for uh, Nick and uh, Al, actually. Um, obviously, because uh, Nick's uh, counting down the, um, the, the minutes to uh, when he's, well... I think I've he's going to go down to the days. Well, minutes are hard to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, when Nick does eventually uh, retire from uh, Acme Red, ninety six, by the way. Okay, he's uh, he, we could all treat him to uh, to an Airbus aircrafts because they Airbus have published their two thousand and eighteen aircraft price lists. So for those of you guys and girls in the chat room and around the world who maybe you know have a few pounds laying in the back or a few dollars in the back of your uh, sofa or somewhere, you could uh, treat yourself to a new Airbus. They've released the average list prices for the range of aircraft for 2018, which have increased by 2% across the product line. 
So at the lower end of the scale, an A318 will set you back a 77.4 million US dollars. Followed by the Airbus A319 at 92.3 million US dollars. The A320, one of the more popular Airbus, you can get one of those for 101 million dollars. The A319 Neo, uh, 101.5 million dollars. And if you fancy the new uh, re-engined A320 Neo, you can snap one of those up for 110.6 million dollars. Uh, if you fancy something bigger, uh, insert the that's what she said here, uh, the A321, uh, the A321 you can get one of those for 118.3 million dollars with the A321 Neo at uh, 129.5 million dollars. So if you fancy something a bit bigger, Again, words that you've heard quite often, isn't it? That's what she said. <laughs> uh, Wide-bodied <laughs> options uh, for the A330-200. Uh, you can pick one of those up for $238.5 million. Uh, the A330-300 is a little bit more expensive, uh, $264 million. But if you want to push the boat out really and go for the A380, uh, you can pick up an A380, uh, brand new from Airbus, uh, just for uh, $445.6 million. So I'd be really stoked to find that amount of cash laying around in my, my couch, <laughs> like a, you know, beneath the cushions. That'd be awesome. Do you have a big sofa, Steph? No. <laughs> uh. So, so the, uh, um, the coffee cadre hasn't coughed up that much... Uh we're getting money? close, but yeah, not, close. Not, not <laughs> yeah. the, the problem is we can't decide whether to buy some crap old Boeing or a, a decent Airbus. Uh, yeah, I mean, it has, uh. it has uh, you know, caused a lot of dissension in the ranks. <laughs> So, uh, well, there we go. So it's, uh, it's noted, uh, should be noted, that a few airlines very, uh, few, uh, not very often pay the list price for aircraft. Uh, large no, I orders. certainly didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they obviously, when air airlines buy aircraft in bulk, they get a group discount. And uh, the commenting on the list, John Lee, Chief Operating Office uh, Officer Customers Airbus Commercial, said that our new 2018 <coughs> pricing reflects Airbus's continuous investments into its aircraft programs to maximise their value for the customer's satisfaction with the winning combination of performance, operating economics, and passenger experience. So, uh, if anyone's um, you know, looking at buying, as I said, Captain Nick, uh, a retirement present, you know, we can start the uh, crowdfunding or the uh, funding page now. Well, first off, the mic in the chat room says uh, that you can pick up a second-hand E346 under about 20 million, which would be oh, that's cheap. Not too bad. So I'd, yeah. I'd quite I quite like We can afford things. that. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we could. Yeah, so I was going to say, though, with the group discount, though, if we combine all the podcasts, do you think we could just get a fleet that way and, yeah, and but get, I, get, I, get I a want discount? it on the weekends, okay, guys? Um, I think we'll definitely have to leave uh, Dr. Steph to wrap the aircraft because we all know that us guys are pretty rubbish when it comes to wrapping presents. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. You haven't true. seen me wrap a Christmas present, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> pretty rubbish. It's not good. So, uh, so the last story then, um, who, who, wants, who wants to take the uh, this last story? Oh, wait, Carlos, I just yeah. wanted to point out that yeah. uh, Dr. Steph's uh, brother did not crash, so okay. So Successful well landing of the okay. aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. yeah. Actually, on a runway, yeah. which so. just goes to show how easy it is to flow a Boeing. <laughs> this coming from an Airbus guy, seriously. <laughs> I will say, I think this my brother here that was flying just now did spend quite a lot of time as a child flying Microsoft flight simulators. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do this yeah, last yeah. story, yeah. by the way. 
Evan? I'd like to do the last Oh, go on then, uh, Nick. Um, so this is all one. about Boeing, who oh. have raised their commercial jet prices by 4.1%. That is <laughs> more than twice the... it's happening again! <laughs> we have two chance to do the duck. Yeah, which is more than Boeing. twice than uh, that Airbus have... Uh, raise their prices so don't even think about going there guys it's not worth it so earlier this week uh, Boeing raised prices in its commercial jets unlike rival Airbus uh, the company did not make an announcement of the change they were trying to hope no one would notice um, Boeing kept its price list unchanged for two years, apparently, before suddenly slamming the prices up across the board last year. For 2017, the price increases 4.1% for every aircraft, um, whereas Airbus only raised their prices by 2%. <laughs> there are a few odd things about the price list, so be careful out there, airplane buyers. For example, the company's 767-300ER remains on the list <laughs> with a new higher price, higher price, even though Boeing hasn't produced one for several years, because they're useless and no one wants any. The even older, even older, 777-200ER also remains on the price list. And Boeing hasn't built one of those for like ever. The only addition to the list is the 737 MAX, is MAX here? Um, MAX 10, that Boeing introduced at the Paris Air Show last year. Uh, no airplanes were deleted from the list uh, from 2017. Here's the full 2018 Boeing price list. Do you really want me to do the whole list? No. Maybe just a couple of I mean, the, the, the more important okay. yeah, On the, the cheap notable. end is the uh, 1950s style uh, <laughs> 737 at uh, 85.8 million. And you can go up to the 1965 style uh, 737 MAX 10 for 129.9 million. First time offered. Get in quick, guys. It won't hold at this price for long. On the 747 family, well, golly, they're still building those. Oh, they gave up ages ago. The 747-8, million. Got to be joking. Why on earth would you bother? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, 76, uh, yeah, they, they still want to sell, sell you an airplane that they haven't made for like six years for 212.2 million. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a seven, a triple seven, which again they haven't sold for ages. Uh, they want you to spend four hundred twenty-five point eight million on one. Give me a break. However, the bin liner. I noticed the bin liner is quite cheap, probably because everyone's frightened that they won't fly for very long. Um, Two hundred thirty-nine million for the uh, Dash Eight, <laughs> exactly, and for the Dash Ten, uh, three hundred twenty-five point eight million. So they're going cheap. They're, after all, they're only plastic, so that's fine. Uh, also read the world's 50 most innovative companies. No thanks. Um, so they say that all oh, they're building. This is an interesting one. The KC46A tanker. Uh, it's based on the 76-2C. It's important uh, to pass gas. Yeah, exactly right. And this is a nice Boeing story. Uh, Boeing's order book shows 38 orders 
for the military uh, version as of December. Uh, Boeing's shares dropped more than 3%. Well, I'm hardly surprised. On Thursday, to close at 304 uh, decimal 16 in a 52-range week of 157.29 to 352.23. Uh, Al will be interested in this because he uh, gambles a lot. Um, <laughs> Shares uh, traded up about 0.6 on Friday pre-market session at uh, 342.2. The stock 12-month consensus price is 340.04. There we go. There ends the financial news. <laughs> You've done a really good job there, actually. <laughs> and, so, uh, and, and Carlos, at the end of the story, there's a sponsored ad, and it says five, bowl po- five bipolar signs that are easy to miss. For this crew, I just wonder if that was placed there on purpose <laughs> or, or what? What? Well, you'd have to be a little bit unstable if you were going to go and buy a Boeing, wouldn't you? Well, they, yeah, Boeings are unstable, so yeah. they, they'd probably even themselves out, wouldn't they? So, so Carlos, if you found you know, a few hundred million US dollars down the back of your sofa, okay, and we appreciate that you would like to go and buy that piece of junk, the L-1011, yeah? Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's a few in the, in the desert, yeah. yeah. But, but, but let's be realistic and you know, stick to you know, modern technology. What would you go and buy? <laughs> really, Jeff? I mean, do you find this insulting? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what would I buy? Yeah, that, yeah. that's the idea, right. guys. So, yeah, would you know <laughs> something that you can currently go and buy new? Because why buy oh, second? New. Yeah. Okay. Why buy secondhand? You know, if uh, if you've got the opportunity to go and buy something, yeah. So anything? Out, uh, yeah, out of the current marketplace. So you got your Sukhoi, you got your Embraer, you've got you know your Boeing, you've got your Airbus, fantastic super product that you would quite clearly be mad to choose anything else. What one, what do you go for? Sticking to how much? Well, let's just say that you happen to find, I mean, you're going to get 100? a deal. Well, let's just, you know, throw the, th- yeah, let's just go 400 million US dollars down the back so of the sofa. So 400 million. Anything on the list you could purchase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably I would, do you know, I'd stick with the, with the best, the, the 737 800. <laughs> <laughs> There's one board exactly, every month. I mean, can, can, we just, can, can I just point out here? Can I just point out here that, that Ryanair used the 737-800, and you know it's very rarely you see them on Aviation Herald, a brilliant site by the way, uh, with with incidents involving you know serious stuff yeah, or, incidents. You know. Yeah, that's one operator. If you troll through the Aviation Herald for all of the other 737 <laughs> operators, you will find many an occurrence. Okay, but it, it's the choice. So, it's so my choice. So you found 400 million US dollars down the back of your sofa, and with that 400 million dollars, you bought a 737-800. For every day of the week. They're not underpants. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would take the change and buy a flat in London. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Brian. No, 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 no. You would buy a 737, a 1940s technology aeroplane. <laughs> I don't think it was that modern. <laughs> Something that... Not even a Max 10. I'm, I'm surprised over the 800, though. I, I, I'm going to give you grief over that. Oh, okay, Brian. No, really, I will. Because the Max 10 the only... I, I think we all want to go what airplane we buy. I'd love to hear what Jeff's going to buy. <laughs> Has Come to on. be in current Jeff, production. I'm going to buy a big boat. <laughs> <laughs> a flying boat? Because <laughs> that's what I'd buy. Catalina. Buy. Yeah, Catalina, wouldn't that be great? Oh, or a Grumman Current goose. production. Uh, Airliner. Well, hang on. The, the Ruskies have just—is uh, uh, it the Ruskies? No, the, uh, the Chinese have just built a jet-powered flying boat. 
That'd be really cool. I mean, that's yeah, in current yeah, production. I, I'll accept that's that. That's well, I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. Okay, good. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Steph? That went down yeah. well. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You don't know? Um, it would be a Boeing product. Oh, yeah. good. She's so, but I don't she's so good. <laughs> See, the problem is you'd have to have a lot of money to pay for the fuel. Yeah, the maintenance and all. That's well, that's why you can't blow that's all your money out of you don't buy Boeing, isn't it? I mean, for goodness sake. Although, if we bought a, an Airbus, then we could invite anybody to come on in and fly it because anybody can. Anyone can fly it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that'd be much more fun for your it's kids. Fresh. Yeah, just press the button. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on in, Brian. What choice is here? The choice. Uh, I haven't flown in the A350 yet, so I can't say. But I, I am kind of partial to the 787 just because of the, the carbon fiber. and Kind of getting a Boeing feel here. Yeah. 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 Well, with the nine abreast seating and, <laughs> and all that what, stuff. What, the, all ten, the engine failures. What, the 10 that United shoving in now? Oh, the 10 abreast? 10 abreast? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's going to be the most unpopular airplane in the world. <laughs> Yeah, but very profitable to fly, though. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but this go. is your aeroplane. You don't need to generate huge amounts of profit. This is, you know, just uh, something that you, you know, yeah. your toy. For the no, day. when when I was in Las Vegas at the NBA show and Boeing had the BBJ there, so yeah. seven thirty seven. Just the way that was outfitted was ten people could fly around in a seven thirty seven quite comfortably. And the bed and the shower and all that. And so I've, I've said on the show many times that I'm really looking forward to flying on the A380 so I could take a shower at 35,000. It's amazing. So, yeah, so. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, amazing. Uh, Nev, yeah. Nev, the, uh, our, our, our ambassador for, for BA here at the table, uh, given that, that uh, choice, Nev, where, where would your loyalties lie? Can't have Concorde. No, well, I think I'd buy a um, British Aerospace 146. Ooh. What? Um, but so many people say that it's powered by four APUs. Uh, <laughs> it is. Because it's quite underpowered. Yeah. Well, no, no, they're just these little airplane, little engines. You've yes. got four of them, after all. That's I think right. they're helicopter engines, actually, aren't they? Allison's or something? Uh, yeah. uh, Lycoming. Lycoming, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're great for fighting now, fires. It's not a current production model. Oh, but it's slightly, though, isn't it? I mean, there's the, the, the RJ, um, <laughs> you know, the, there's... I mean, the, the, the right flyer is also slightly available. I mean, it is, obviously, the more modern versions of it, aren't, aren't there? Now, the, but you, you know, can't go uh, buy one. Uh, you can't go uh, buy a new one. Uh, no, not, not brand new. No, no I mean, no. I, I think <laughs> you might even press British Aerospace beyond the point of destruction to go and build one now because I, I think they've sold all the jigs and everything else I think so. I've misunderstood the question haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> were you not paying attention no. did you not read the show notes <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, so come on then Al where, what, what are you sitting with aircraft wise then uh, for me it would be very easy I'd just go out and go and buy an A350 simple Okay. have you flown one yet I've not had the opportunity either as a passenger or to have a go in the simulator, but it just looks like a really nice aeroplane. Mm. Uh, it will fly beautifully because it's an Airbus, and it will be extremely fuel efficient, which it already is. So, and I know that Nick would ideally love the opportunity to to fly it because uh, his airline will be getting them, and I think you're yeah, probably I'll miss, just going to miss, miss out. out by six mm. Well, they get it six months before I retire, yeah. so I won't have a chance to convert it. Anything, but I think it looks beautiful. And Matt, moving on to you. Lucky last. What? Come on, choice. 
Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What? Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, too bad the 757 wasn't on that. Oh, yeah. yeah speaking well, of which. Yeah, speaking I can tell you which aircraft, or two aircrafts now that I don't want okay, go to on. own. They're, I'm afraid they are both a Boeing products, and okay. it's the 75 and the 76. Any variation, I'm not fussy, just neither of those aircraft. <laughs> okay. The 75, I, I want less than the 76. What if somebody gifted you with a 757? Yeah. What if you were gifted? With I would ooh. ceremonially burn it. <laughs> <laughs> and like it. moving on uh, to the next piece of uh, amazement then, we do have a little gift for you, Matt. And uh, <laughs> He looks horrible. <laughs> this, this gift was, uh, was, uh, was flown over um, by, uh, by an airline. Using right. using a Boeing, as, what as opposed to a, a bumblebee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using yeah. a Boeing, yeah, yeah. and uh, we have a little gift here for you. Well, this is actually from Brian. Brian uh, has made this. For those of you who listen to the Airplane Geek Show, will know that Brian Coleman's been experimenting with three D printing, and uh, one of the the the, the best pieces of uh, 3D printing that Brian's made. Uh, I have here for you, he's printed this for you with his 3D printer. This is ac actual 3D printing. He has printed you the actual 757 oh, no. that you flew over <laughs> oh, no. with United Airlines. Oh, and we just hand And now he's going to burn it, he said. He was going to burn it. Ceremony yes, burn it. Keep the matches burn away. It. That, uh, that's Where's the actual the one you flew on. How, how, how did you do that? How? I just 3D like, printing. Yeah, I know, but... Like, it's you to, to press a button and say print. It's just like printing a document, except that took about 10 hours. Really? No. Oh, it, I was going to say. About three and a half. There we go. Look, look at this. There I'm we sorry, go. I, I'm not quite sure. A small complaint. It's got no landing gear. Right? I've got yeah. uh, and, <laughs> and, and actually... No, I'm, the, I'm, real, the real thing doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shorty Crosgrove in the chat room said, and it's pink, that's awesome. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely, quite right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I was it, too lazy to change the spool, so you just got the color that was in the printer from the last printer. I can only think job. of one airline that would actually fit this color schedule, and I, I don't think they fly for 7.5s, unfortunately. No. But, uh, there we are. Oh, th well, thank you very much. Hey. I, <laughs> you will cherish it. Yeah, forever. I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. But more because of the person who gave it to me, rather than what it is of. <laughs> and I do have another gift oh, uh, no. for someone on the panel. And uh, for those of you who listen to the airplane uh, or airline pilot guy show, I should say, uh, will know that this particular person is is retiring from the uh, the airlines uh, in the not too distant uh -oh. future. He's uh, <laughs> also set a counter online so everyone can follow exactly how many. Days, weeks, minutes, seconds, milliseconds there are until he uh, finishes flying. Uh, so I have for you, Nick, um, this is um, what is classed as a nostalgic aircraft. And it's a little <laughs> kit for you to make here of oh, a nostalgic so aircraft. Boeing. <laughs> oh, oh, what was that about ceremonial much. burning sessions? Sorry. <laughs> it's made out of wood, it's so you burn. can actually so burn. Can burn. So I can build and burn. <laughs> Uh, it says here on the back, Achtung, nicht für Kinder und drei Jahren, Jahren, I think you should just that. let Fabian read that. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Fabian. It's just easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, it, uh, actually, it looks like Limburg, Spirit of St. Louis, doesn't it? 
I thought you'd have hours of pleasure with that. What's this supposed to be? See, I thought that was Boeing's new 757 replacement. Yeah, the the blueprint for it. What, the Spirit of St. Louis? I think that'd be a great (laughs) idea. It was made in, oh, wait a minute, Lilienthal. Is there a place called Lilienthal in Germany? Because it says... I know Lily Allen. (laughs) 28865 Lilienthal, Germany. Because Lilienthal, of course, was famous German glider pilot. Was he Lilienthal? Or was he the bloke that used to jump off hills on a glider, one of the first man gliders? Either Someone way, that has an here. engine, so Lillian. it's not a glider. Yeah, brilliant. Anyway, many thank you very much. Uh, many thank yous. Uh, Plain Talking UK, that's very kind of you. Warning, not suitable for children under three. Oh, I better, oh. <laughs> better give it back. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. And I so mustn't swallow the parts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But, but, but that's a that's serial a number on it, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Look, look, there's a very unhappy child there. <laughs> that can be something else you'll ha- you can have uh, f- for the show. You see, you've, you've obviously got the Airbus poster behind you when you're doing the uh, the APG show from your studio. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes, I shall. I shall. St- yeah. I shall stick it in behind. <laughs> um, so, uh, just to uh, correct my previous statement, Otto Lilienthal. Um, Lived up till 1896, the German pioneer of aviation who became known as the Flying Man. He was the first person to make a well-documented, repeated, successful flight with an unpowered airplane. Brilliant man. And, uh, of course, there was a medal, uh, the Lilienthal Medal, which uh, I mentioned on my talk the other day, because uh, one of my flight commanders of my first Phantom Squadron, um, who was three times World Open Gliding Champion, won the Lillian, Otto Lilienthal Medal. There thanks to Mr. Leonthal, who was dead by then, but uh, thanks for that. So that is where well, I suppose we'll bring the uh, the news and the gift segment to a close <laughs> for the show this week. Uh, we, we're going to we're going to hang on, it's made in China. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I've got to colour that bit out. <laughs> anyway, uh, w- should we do a little? Uh, sort of walk around the, uh, the various guests uh, can we do that what we're going to do one? if that's okay first is we're going to have a quick break we've got some messages that I'd like to play Ooh, out that, that we've sounds been sent. good. so I'm going to play those out uh, uh, just so that everybody has an opportunity for a quick uh, break and, uh, and we'll be right uh, all being well he says he's lost the thing one second he's oh going to press some buttons here quickly uh, we'll be right back after these short messages Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. Thevoicesinyourhead.com Globe. Producing our content does cost money though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal. Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Flyby 5823 Trent Dane for 2-3-R Manchester Wizz Air 6X Client Flight Level 210 Direct to Britman's Park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots.
air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well, now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing-licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed-base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience, or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check Check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. Hi, Carlos, Matt and Neville and all the Plain Talking UK podcast team. David Kavanagh here from Adelaide, Australia. Just like to uh, give you a, a quick message to congratulate you on your 200th episode. I uh, enjoy listening to your show uh, each week, driving to and from work. Um, always brings a smile to my face and uh, always learn something new. Um, your guests, your interviews and uh, at the different dare shows are always interesting, informative, and a lot of fun. So well done, guys. Look forward to the next 200 episodes. G'day, Plain Talking UK. This is Evan from Australia. I just wanted to wish you a happy 300th episode. Um, oh, wait a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. Happy 200th episode but I definitely know you'll make it to 300. So thank you for all your work, Carlos, Matt, Owen, and Nev, and anyone else that contributes to it. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. Thank you. While I'm here, I just thought I'd share a little bit of news. Over the Christmas New Year period, I actually finished off my private pilot license. I did my theory exam in November, prepared for the practical, and did my flight exam on the 27th of December. So I've finally just gotten all the paperwork through. So um, it's a great relief and it's nice to have a, an internationally recognised licence. But it wasn't without its interesting occurrences. I just wanted to share a little story, one of those I learnt that from episodes of aviation. On the day, on the test day, the uh, flight test, it's broken into two parts. There's a sort of a, an oral um, theory examination part of it where the examiner will take any of the questions you got wrong in the theory exam and can drill down and, and quiz you on those. So the idea is you're supposed to get up to speed on the ones that you've got wrong. So that's fine, but that plus all the paperwork in preparation can take, you know, a couple of hours. So by this time you're already a little bit fatigued. And I thought, well, I've been flying for a few years now, so um, the flight part of it should actually be the easy part. Well, we got in the plane, taxied out, it's all good, we got clearance to take off, and um, apply full power, looking at the uh, backup instruments, yep, airspeed's alive, look up at the mains, this is in an SR20 uh, Cirrus, so it's got the really big glass screens, 
and I'm looking for my airspeed to become alive and it's not moving. And we're accelerating down the runway and I thought, hmm, this is a test. I don't want to get airborne with a problem and take it and then have to deal with it in the air. I'd rather stop. So I uh, cut the power, applied the brakes, got off at the first available taxiway and let the tower know that I was uh, aborting the takeoff. And the moment I started cleaning up the aircraft, I realised exactly what I'd done. And it turns out that I must have been much more uh, nervous than I thought because I'd actually focused in on the altitude tape, not the airspeed tape on the main display. I've never done that before, and I definitely know I'll never do it again, but it turns out that, uh, yeah, just in the moment. So anyway, the examiner didn't say anything, just sort of gestured to head back to the runway, so... I got taxi clearance back to the runway and we took off and did the rest of the test without any real incident. And I'd totally forgotten by the time we were, I was worrying about loss procedures and going under the hood and doing instrument work and all that sort of stuff. And when we got back, the uh, examiner said, so how did you think you went? And I said, I'm just not sure about that start. And he said, well, Yes, it was for a bit of a a nervous kind of reason, a silly reason, but I was very happy with the fact that you were prepared to cancel the takeoff in a safe manner because you weren't seeing what you wanted to see. And in fact, the fact that you were prepared to do that on a test and also you did it well and we didn't scoot off the runway or anything tells me that you're going to try and make the right decision at all times. So I'm very happy with the way that went. And that actually, yeah, it really surprised me. So even on tests, you can learn a lot. So I just thought I'd share that little lesson I learned and we'll continue learning every day I go flying. So anyway, thanks again, guys. I hope you're enjoying the day at the simulators. I wish I could be there, but it's a long way from Melbourne to London. But uh, one day I will make it over there and I will meet you guys in person. Anyway, all the very best and my thanks. Anyone who's not already a Patreon donor, please think about it because it helps keep podcasts like these alive and it's very worthwhile. So thanks. Hello, Carlos, Matt, Pip, Owen, and Neville. It's Jen Niffer here, and I just wanted to send along my congratulations on your 200th episode. I can't believe it's been 200 episodes. That's awesome. I really love the show. You guys do a great job. Please, please keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to the next 200 shows. Bye. Hi, Carlos, Matt, and Nev. It's Liz in Toronto. Your 200th show, what an accomplishment. I just wanted to say hello and to wish you the best for a wonderful weekend. I'm sure you're all having a great time. Wish I could be there with you. Thanks for all the fun and information you've shared over the past many shows. I look forward to many, many more. Cheers. Bye for now. Hello, everybody. Max Flight here. I was really hoping to watch episode 200 live and join in on the chat with a few of my favorite av geeks, but that's not possible. As you are recording episode 200, I'm exercising my right to protest at the Connecticut Women's March in Hartford. 
you guys have Brexit and we have, well, you know who. So I'm doing something about our mess. I'll leave your mess to you. Anyway, having violated my no politics while podcasting rule, let me get right to it and congratulate you on reaching the 200 episode milestone. When a podcast gets to the 10th episode, I'd say they have the opportunity to be successful. At the 100 episode mark, a podcast is really on to something, but 200 episodes is a little special because at that level, a podcast is making a meaningful contribution to the community. Otherwise, they wouldn't still be creating episodes that a lot of people listen to. PTUK is an aviation podcast that is creating meaningful content that fosters a community, and I'm really happy about that. Sure, there are other aviation podcasts that we listen to, good podcasts, but each one is unique with a different format and personality. Carlos, Matt, Neville, and all the contributors, Pilot, Pip, and others, have a chemistry that brings an aviation community together. Plus, you figured out the live video thing. That's huge. To be honest, video scares me, and live scares me too. Put them together and I'm paralyzed, but you guys make it look easy. Amazing. So again, congratulations on reaching this massive milestone. Thank you for your tremendous dedication to AvGeek enjoyment. Keep up the good work. Oh, my plugs. I get to plug my shows, right? Okay, AirplaneGeeks.com for a weekly dose of aviation. The UAVDigest.com with David Vanderhoof for a look at unmanned aircraft and systems. And PaxXPodcast.com each month where Mary Kirby and I talk with an industry expert about the passenger experience. There, plug done. On to 300. Hi, Carlos, Matt, Pip, and Nev. Congratulations on achieving the massive milestone of 200 episodes. You've carved out a real niche in aviation podcasting, and I'm sure along with all your other listeners, they should join me in thanking you for all the effort and hard work that goes into making the program. Whilst we all love aviation and it's our passion, I really do understand the effort you have to invest to bring the program to the listeners. Thank you for all of that hard work. So from Tim, Gareth and myself, we wish you every success with the episode and look forward to seeing you hit 300 and maybe even 400 episodes sometime in the future. Well done, guys. wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet looked up at the sky and thought i wish that was me well now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator np simulations and flight experience london the only official boeing licensed product of its kind in the uk offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed base boeing 737-800 flight simulator and that's not all ground school london offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation with prices starting at just 109 pounds the sky's the limit so for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses including those for schools and colleges check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. Well, welcome back, everybody. And... Uh... 
These two gentlemen sitting next to me are responsible for us being here. Uh, this is Nick and Paul. Nick and Paul from NP Simulations, and these are the generous gentlemen that have handed over their facility to us for today and actually yesterday when we were setting up the show. It's probably come up as a bit of a shock to them that there's nearly 40 people in the building when there's normally three or four. But uh, anyway, so I'd just like to say, guys, thanks ever so much indeed, because uh, we could not have done this without you. So uh, first of all, Nick, uh, tell me a little about NP Simulations and how it all started. Oh, wow. I mean, we, we were just talking about uh, when we first came on your show, and uh, we, we're thinking it must have been round about uh, springtime. Would I be right with that, yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, the, the strange thing is, I remember at the time, I think Carla's saying to us, uh, mentioning about the 200th show and what a great idea it would be to, to stage it here. And uh, I remember Paul and I sort of thinking, when, when you mentioned January, just thinking, January, wow, you know, that's, that's years away, years away, you know, because we'd only actually started trading in, in March. March anyway. So, uh, so yeah, it's come around quickly. Uh, and as we say, we, we've almost been uh, up and running a year now, very soon. Uh, two sides to the business, as we, we talked, uh, I think, at length about uh, earlier last year. Uh, Applied experience. Uh, I think you've you've seen the ad running a few times, which is essentially allowing the public to come in, see what it's like to fly fly a big jet. You don't need any experience at all. Our instructors take you through everything. Uh, and the other side of the business really is is ground school London, uh, which is the side of the business that uh, both Paul and myself are really keen to develop. It's something that's sort of very close to our hearts. Uh, and that's really, uh, at the moment, it's more about foundation training, uh, and that could be for young guys looking to go into the industry as pilots. We, we, we take people from the age of 15. We do schools and college courses, foundation courses, or uh, future pilots, future pilots course we call it. And then also guys who are a little bit older, uh, they're looking to, they're just in that sort of stage of maybe applying to, to for a cadetship at one of the larger uh, academies, uh, L3 or CAE, uh, and really it's, it's designed over 11 weeks to, uh, to just give them an insight into what that's going to entail, uh, help them with the, uh, the uh, selection process, uh, and also just to prepare them for that first six months when they, you know, get a terrible shock and, and understand what ground school is all about. So, um, so that's really, in a, in a nutshell, what we're, you know, what we have been doing. Um, what we're we're quite excited about is that you know we're now looking to move on to the next stage. As I say, it was always the plan. Uh, obviously, our side of the business, it's not just about the uh, the, the delivering the the. the products and the services and the operation you know it's about the how how do we do that how do we finance it what what are the next stages and uh, you know we Paul and myself have had a plan for five six years uh, and you know we've we've built it up and we finance you know piece by piece as we go into the next section so uh, so today really we're we're just going to talk very briefly about uh, what we're looking to do next uh, and how perhaps uh, some of the, uh, the plain talking guys can, can help us with that next stage. Uh, 
One of the things that strikes me straight away is looking at your superb 737-800 simulator. I mean, this is not cheap stuff to do, is it, by any stretch of the imagination? So the funding process is, is obviously very important. And also, you know, the, the guys that are running it, you know, Paul here, the chief instructor, and Joe. I mean, how much time do you actually spend in the, in the box, as it were? Far too much time. My, uh, my Aston Martin's on hold about the next 50 years. Um, we, I mean, it does depend on the day, but on busy days, Joe and I, and we have a, a couple of other instructors that come in and help who are really good, Umar, Anthony and Wilson. And um, we can sometimes be in the box sort of five or six hours in a day each. And that's quite tiring. Yeah, and in the summer, it's very hot. Well, I've had the pleasure of uh, being sat next to you on a, on a couple of occasions now, and in, in just in the short period that I was in there, I came out actually quite tired. So for you guys, it, it must be very difficult indeed sometimes. Yes, it can be. It can be uh, a tiring day. But the nice thing, and, and I think I'm right in saying that we've never had someone come out with a long face or or what have you. So when you do see one of the clients come out and they say, oh, this is great, this is fantastic, and um, it, it sort of beefs you up a bit, it gees you up a little bit, and that's really nice. Certainly the reviews I've seen on TripAdvisor have been absolutely fantastic, and, and well justified as well, no, no question about it, so well, that's, that's good. So Nick, tell us what, what's the next stage then for you guys in, in terms of the facility here? Okay, uh, I mean obviously we're going to continue and to, to build on what we've already got, so what we're, we're doing well, or we think we're doing very well at the moment. Uh, on the flight experience side, uh, so we're, we're going to develop that and do plenty more. Uh, now, part of that, to be able to do that, uh, is to bring our second simulator in. Uh, now, as you can see, and obviously all the guys who are with us today, can see that the provision for that was always made. So this is sort of part of our next stage and part of our business plan was to bring a 320 simulator in. So we're, we're currently... <laughs> now, just, just, be just before we go on, there's always a very healthy a bit of banter between the Airbus and, and Boeing types, uh, not just on our podcast, but clearly within the facility here. Uh, so what, what's your preference then, Paul? I, well, I've, I have to say I, I learned to fly an Airbus in, oh. in February, uh, January last year. And it, you know, that 35 seconds it took me was, it was, it, was, it took, it was hard work, but. Uh, just trying to find, find the land and take off buttons. <laughs> no, it's just point, let go, point, let go, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I'm, I, I'm a Boeing pilot, so I'm, I'm rather steeped in my, my old fashioned ways. <laughs> yes. Well, I, sorry, I, I interrupted your flow there, Nick. So, uh, so uh, yeah, well, some of that's get a dig in, didn't they? Yeah. So go on. Tell us what, what's, uh, what's so next by, then? By popular demand, uh, we are, we are uh, now in the process of, of procuring a, a 320 simulator. That process started some time ago, to be honest. Uh, and we do have, we have options. We, we've got uh, a tentative order in with the same guys that uh, delivered uh, our 737, uh, but there's other options as well. Uh, so we're exploring that. In fact, Paul and I have a trip to, to Germany uh, next week after next to, to speak to another supplier. So, uh, so that process is ongoing. Uh, what we are particularly excited about, and it's, it's probably our uh, primary focus at the moment, is uh, to move to the next level as well with ground school. Uh, so at the moment, as I mentioned, we do 
foundation courses and preparatory training for, for people who are sort of uh, thinking about or they've made the decision and they haven't, you know, they're moving on to the formal stages. What we've always wanted to do was to be involved in that, in that pro, in, in the formal stages of training. So we have now uh, uh, started the process of applying to be, uh, to the CAA, to be uh, uh, a, a registered uh, ATO, which is approved training organization. Uh, we've, uh, we've got some guys who are working for us uh, who are uh, incredibly experienced uh, consultants who've worked for the CAA. Uh, we actually think that we're, we're, we're there anyway. It's now uh, jumping through the hoops and ticking the boxes and uh, no doubt paying them lots of money for the, for the privilege. We even bought a ladder the other day. That's how <laughs> <laughs> that is how serious we are about this. We now have a ladder so we can put up signs and things. And you've got a Makita drill, because I, I had a go at that yeah. yesterday. You're drilling holes in our walls, yeah. yes. <laughs> Great fun. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's that is now sort of it, it always was our intention. Uh, that's now come to the front. They're our two uh, main focuses going going into this new year. Obviously, to get the 320 simulator in, and to uh, and to get that ATO approval through. Uh, and we're hoping, uh, provided things go to plan, timescale-wise, uh, we can start looking to roll out courses such as MCC. Uh, jock, um, and even uh, uh, we're looking at actually running language courses as well yeah, yeah, uh, for ICAO level four. English for aviation, um, yeah, ICAO level three and four lan uh, language courses. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's quite exciting, and someone actually came to us about that. It wasn't something that we were thinking about, but he, he's already very experienced and highly qualified, so we're thinking we might as well utilise the facility for that as well. Now, obviously, um, what we've seen and, and what all the guys here have experienced on the 737 simulator with, under your instruction and Joe's instruction has been absolutely superb. Um, but, you know, I'll come back to sort of the, the, the funding and, and the money side of things. Um, ha have you got some, uh, some thoughts and plans yeah. about how you want to take it forward? I mean, something that we, we've always been passionate about. We've, I mean, Paul and I, and with, with some uh, incredibly good help from uh, our advisors as well, who've worked with us right from the start, uh, you know, we, we've always wanted people who are as passionate as we are to be involved in the business. You know, it's very easy to, well, it's not easy, but it's, you know, to, to get people to come in who don't have an interest. It's purely uh, another investment in their portfolio, perhaps, uh, but they're not, they're not aviation enthusiasts. And uh, it's not essential to the running of the business, but it's something that everyone who's involved in our business, uh, there's a, there's a, the, the sort of common theme is we're all passionate about it. So what we're today introducing, uh, as I say, we've been working on it, and it was always the, the, the plan for the second phase, is for the uh, Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme, which we're, we're launching uh, from today onwards. Uh, that essentially... Uh, means that we are um, essentially uh, giving away uh, what will amount to uh, about 15.7% equity in the business. Uh, as I say, ideally, we would, uh, we would love investors uh, who share the same passion that we do because we would like, even though uh, it, it could be small investors or large investors, uh, 
we are essentially uh, looking for people that, that want to take an interest in the business. Now, I'm not, today I'm not going to sit here and sort of provide all the details. We've got a very detailed briefing pack which includes all the financials, what the whole scheme's about. But essentially it allows anyone, uh, any, anyone who's perhaps never invested before, uh, to come in and actually uh, take a stake uh, and join us in the business. Now, as I say, it could be it could be a larger stake, a smaller stake, uh, but what we really want is people, ideally, to come in who want to get involved, not just to to to, to buy shares in the business, but also, you know, to 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 communicate with us, you know, if there's opportunities, if they have thoughts about the business, you know, to to be part of the business, and that's really why, as a, as a starting point, uh, I think uh, you and I spoke about it several months ago. Uh, and, and I thought, well, what a great place to start. Yeah. You know, you're hosting the event. Uh, I mean, all your guys are passionate about aviation. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably the perfect platform to, to start. Yeah. Uh, so really, it's a case of anyone who would, would like to sort of join us on the journey. I mean, we're very excited about what comes next. Uh, we've got some interest uh, even from overseas. Uh, from uh, not so much on the investment, but in terms of, of uh, using our facility for training uh, from uh, far, as far flung as Africa. Uh, so we're very excited about the way it's going forward, about getting the ATO status, about bringing in the, the 320, uh, which will be used both for the flight experience side uh, and for the ground school side. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, it would it would be absolutely fantastic if uh, if some of the plain talking community joined us on that journey. Yeah. Two things that uh, immediately struck me when I first came down here was the professionalism of both uh, Paul and his colleague Joe actually inside the, the simulator itself. And as a keen amateur, uh, personally speaking, uh, they make you feel really at home. Uh, and it really is a super professional outfit. So I'd like to thank you, Paul, very much indeed for all the things that you've done and your colleague Joe as well. So how can people find out more? Uh, Nick, what's, what's the next stage if okay. people want to get involved? There's a lot of information. Uh, it, it's all there and ready to go. Uh, anyone who is interested, uh, as, a, as a first step, uh, drop me an email. Uh, that's nick at mpsimulations.com. And what we'll do is send out the full information pack, and that will include details about the company, uh, details about uh, where we've come from, where we're going, uh, what we're uh, the, the next stage of the journey is, the investment, the financial forecasts, uh, the whole lot. So, and, and more about the scheme itself. So it'll go into the sort of the the what what we're looking for, uh, and obviously the the key question, you know, what what's in it for me, which you know obviously is is another thing. So, um, so I'm I'm the first step in the process. Uh, drop me an email, and obviously we'll get that uh, information over to you as soon as possible. That's really good, uh, guys. So if you want to find out more about uh, the next stage for the facility here, just send an email to nick uh, at npsimulations.com. I'd like to thank both of you gentlemen for a fantastic day today, and there's more to come. And can I just say that we've enjoyed ourselves very much. So a nice big round of applause for these gentlemen. Obviously, Nev, if, uh, if anyone wants to you know, speak to me or Paul about what we've just talked about, uh, those who are here today. 
uh, or, or drop their, their details so they can do that as well. So there'll be a collection tin outside uh, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, Absolutely. But uh, no, so, so, so I definitely encourage anyone that's interested in talking to these guys about uh, you know, uh, being involved with the facility in the, in the future. Uh, we've got them both here today, so uh, good opportunity to, to do so. Okay, right, we're going to play uh, some feedback. It wouldn't be Peter UK without a voice uh, listening to our lovely uncle. So, uh, Micah, take it away. It's a strange feeling to have friends who feel like family spread out all over the world. Don't get me wrong, it's a great thing in the long run, something that often makes me very happy, yet sometimes it makes me quite melancholy. Today I'm not sure which I'm feeling, maybe a bit of both. Let me clarify. Today is a 200th episode of Plain Talking UK, a podcast that is so family-oriented that when I contribute a piece to it, it's not just introduced as being from our main man, Micah, but also from Uncle Micah. It's a podcast that's often done live from the kitchen studio and has always been regularly hosted by Matt Smith and Carlos Stebbins, with a more recent edition of Neville Bounds. I don't think of these guys as just friends, but as extended family. The show often features regular guest hosts, many of whom I also think of the same way. And not only that, when coming from the kitchen studio, there are regular appearances by the beautiful Gemma and the illustrious Poppy Cat. So yes, it does feel like family to all of us. In fact, so much so, that oftentimes, Matt reminds us by saying, Family show, ladies and gentlemen, family show. But you know, Plain Talking UK is a family show for another reason, too. Plain Talking UK is part of a family of podcasts. They include the Airline Pilot Guy, the Plane Safety Podcast, and the Airplane Geeks, among a few others. Now this part may make me the happiest. You see, I'm really a very lucky guy. Incredibly fortunate, in fact. Why, you ask? Because I'm lucky enough to be a small part of all those shows. I think of them, the people who host them, and many regular listeners as part of my extended family. You know how the old saying goes, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family? Well, that's not entirely true. You see, I'm not sure whether they chose me or I chose them, but somehow, we all got together and chose one another. We have feelings for each other, and although feelings can run good and bad, positive and negative, for us, it's good feelings. Feelings of caring. Feelings we don't often talk about, but we all know exist. It's those feelings we have for one another that has me a little melancholy today. When family is from all over the world, or even all over the country here in the USA, family gatherings become very special. Getting together at special occasions are often magical moments. I've been fortunate to be able to gather with a good portion of this special family a couple of times. First in Farnborough in 2016, and then last year in Pittsburgh. Not everyone could be at both get-togethers, and we missed the ones who weren't in attendance, but they weren't forgotten. And if not there in person or with us live, they were there later, listening back to the podcast we did from each location. I missed having everyone with me in person when I was in Farnborough and Pittsburgh. I thought I knew how they felt to be with us only through the magic of the Internet. But then a couple of months ago, when APG 300 came along in Atlanta, I was here in Portland, Maine. I was a celebrant from a distance. And today, for Plain Talking UK 200, with the celebration happening in the UK, though thrilled and delighted for all my friends and family in attendance, I'm only able to join you with this little congratulatory piece. So yes, I'm incredibly happy. I'm incredibly delighted that Plain Talking UK is celebrating 200 episodes. 
I'm thrilled that so many of my friends and family are able to get together and enjoy one another in person. But also, I feel a little sad that I'm not there with you. Carlos, Matt, thanks for taking on such a great endeavor for 200 shows. Thanks for bringing Nev on board as a regular host. And Nev, thanks for all your great work. Matt Smith and Carlos Stebbins figured it out. How do you make an already terrific podcast even better? Just add Neville Bounds, of course. So while I have this melancholy feeling rolling around inside me, I'm also feeling a lot of nachas. That's a Yiddish word that translates to joy, pride in someone's accomplishments. It's that feeling you get when a family member graduates from school or gets married. That joy when you're proud of someone for growing and doing great things. I wish I could be there with you right now to celebrate, but you know, I'm there in spirit. So do me a favor if you can. Since you're flying a simulator and can fly it anywhere in the world, why don't you have someone fly the harbor visual approach into Portland, Maine? That's KPWM if you need the airport code. It's a beautiful flight and worth seeing. And if you choose to do so, when you virtually land here in Portland, you can be here with me in spirit too. Meet me at the Mac Jets FBO in the south end of the field. I'll be the guy with the beard wearing a hat and holding the beers for you thirsty pilots. Here's to 200 more PTUK episodes. Four Plane Talking UK from across the pond in Portland, Maine in the USA. This is your main man, Uncle Micah. Oh, the lovely Uncle Micah. Thank you ever so much, dear sir, for your thing. As you can probably notice then, it's a little bit empty here in the studio, and there's a very good reason for that. Uh, because, uh, as seems to be traditional with any event that we're involved in, um, something's going on outside, isn't it, Nev? As usual, uh, food is involved with podcasts. <laughs> Not just sensible amounts of food, but incredible amounts of food. And of course, uh, as you would expect, uh, Captain L is always involved somewhere. And um, so is Dr. Steph as well. Now, we have had previous chicken nugget eating competitions, and the score currently stands at one all. So I don't know whether this is going to be a final decider or whether it's just, a, a, you know, the playoffs, shall we say, and there's more of it to come. But uh, what do you think, Matt? Is, is this sustainable, this kind of behaviour? I don't know. I mean, it can't be good for either of them, let's be honest. I mean, I mean it's, it's Al I'm most worried about. I mean, Steph at least runs. I mean, there is that, there is that to it. But uh, hopefully we can join Owen. Owen, are you there? Hi guys, I'm here. I'm just trying to listen for a cue. <laughs> so we're here and we're going to be doing a chicken nugget eating contest between Captain Al and Dr. Steph. So, do we have a countdown timer ready? Oh, Pip's going to introduce it. My bad, stealing the line. <laughs> Hello. Oh. Friends, gathered guests, we can't get Roman's countrymen. Crave your indulgence for a few minutes. I'd like to tell you a little story. A tale, a myth about a man. Yes, a man, a mortal man, but there were many who considered this man a god, a king amongst men. A machine, an eating machine. A man placed on this earth for one purpose, to eat. And there was no curry that he could not devour. There was no burger that could withstand his onslaught. 
But amongst all the food and all the animals and all the creatures on the earth, his favorite to feast upon was the humble, lowly chicken. His name could only be whispered for fear that he might appear and pluck a chicken and break it into pieces. And these nuggets of chicken, if you will, he would shove into his face and eat by the bucketful. And he became known as Sir Captain of Owl. And the legend of Captain of Owl traveled wide and far across distant lands and eventually traveled across the ocean to a far, far away land. A strange, backwards land called South Carolina. <laughs> and the people of South Carolina had built a whole civilization based upon eating fried chicken. And the greatest of these South Carolinians was a barbarian <laughs> known as Dr. Steph. And when Dr. Steph heard of the legend of Al, she laughed. Ha! she said. Who is this man who dares claim he can eat more chicken nuggets than I? Here, she said to her servants. Hold my beer. And she got on her aeroplane and she traveled in search of Captain Owl to challenge him. And she found him. And a great battle took place that became known as the Battle of Farnborough. And the barbarian, Dr. Steph, was victorious. She pulled his metaphorical pants down and spanked him in front of everybody. Which was quite enjoyable, to be honest. And made him cry like the little girl that he was. And the disgrace and shame ran deep for Captain Al. But Captain Al was strong. He sought revenge. And he traveled on his own aeroplane to a faraway city, a smelly, dirty city of Pittsburgh. And again they did battle. Many chickens were slaughtered, but this time Captain Owl was victorious. And so the legend went on, but it was never established who was the greatest chicken nugget eater of all time. Pip, I'm very concerned because these chicken nuggets are getting very cold during this. <laughs> Matt, shut up. But now today, for your entertainment, to quench your lust for blood and battle and chicken nuggets, we have gathered these two warriors here again to settle once and for all who is the greatest chicken nugget consumer of all time. So at stake today is glory, yes, National pride, yes, but something far greater than either of these things. For today, the victor will take home a trophy of such incalculable wealth. Owen 
has just come back from breaking into the Tower of London to steal this trophy. The victor <laughs> will take home with them this beautiful 18-carat plastic <laughs> effigy of the legendary Chicken of Putney. Warriors, are you ready? The barbarian Dr. Steph, are you ready? Ready. ready. Sir Captain of Al. Ready. Right, the rules are five minutes. Do we have a, a clock? You each have 30 chicken nuggets in your box. You have an assortment of sweet and sour sauces. You may drink water. You may vomit. You may burp. <laughs> are you ready? ready? Can we have a countdown? Five, four, three, two, one, commence battle! Oh, Captain of Alt is straight in there. He's not even chewed those first two. <laughs> Let's see how we're doing. Who's going to do the uh, song and dance act while we're waiting? Dr. Steph's looking particularly relaxed. She's taken on a very nonchalant strategy today. Captain Al, well, he's just eating. Have you ever seen, Brian, have you ever seen such barbarity and poor table manners? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact that they're dipping in sauce as well. That's impressive. It's disgusting. But is it really chicken? Well, I mean, it says it is, but... These come from the great Scottish chicken herder, Old Man MacDonald. For next year, I actually want to do a pizza eating one, and I want to be involved in the oh, pizza yeah, I'm up eating for that. I'm contest. Up for that. Yeah. But it has to be New York style pizza, no Chicago deep dish. We've got Fred here from the West Coast. Would you like a chicken nugget? I would love a chicken nugget. <laughs> no, that's against the rules. You can't do that. country pride involved here, so I'm going to have to root for Dr. Steph. You're going for Dr. Steph, okay. Have we got anyone cheering for Al? Come on, anyone? Come on, Al. You can do it. Halfway there. Halfway. How are we doing? How many have we got left? Oh, it's very difficult to say. Very difficult to say who's winning at this stage. Although, if I were to hazard a guess... 
I think that Al is slightly ahead. But Steph knows how to do a marathon. She knows how to pace herself. I've got a feeling she's going to step up a gear any second. But don't ruin your appetite, because we have dinner in like an hour. All right, coming up to the one, min mar one minute mark. I've got Jonathan over here. He's still got a huge smile on his face from uh, the sim. Did you have good fun? I had very good fun. Did you land? Very well. Very well, he landed. All right, let's go back. Let's see how we're doing. And last Come 30 on, last seconds. <laughs> Final sprint. What was that? <laughs> All right, here we go. Ten, nine, nine eight, seven, six. Five, four, three, two, one. Stop eating. All right. One. Did you start with 30 each, yeah? One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So by my reckoning, Steph has eaten 19 whole nuggets. Wow, that's incredible. Scene, Steph. I mean, national pride is at stake here, obviously, Al. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Al is still chewing. Are you still chewing? Both still chewing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a tie. No! Oh, no! They have both wolfed down 19 chicken nuggets. I didn't plan for this eventuality. <laughs> All right, we're going to put this to the popular vote. All those who would like to see Steph crowned Chicken Nugget Barbarian of 2018, put your hands up. For all those who would like Al to be crowned king, let me hear it. 
Okay, since I'm wearing the stripes, <laughs> I'm going to award the trophy, whoops, the broken trophy, to Dr. Steph. <laughs> Woo! Matt, it's back to you in the studio. Uh, well, thank you very much. So I we're actually going to ask for a more worthy opponent than Sir Captain of Al, his true legend when it comes to chicken nugget eating. And um, yes, I'm sure there will be many more encounters and battles down the road. So, well, I, th I think a final big round of applause, please, for our, our magnanimous uh, contenders. Well done, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So, uh, Owen, while you're there with all these wonderful people here, perhaps you just have a quick chat with everyone before we wrap up, because I'm afraid, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, so we are at that point where it is nearly time to wrap up. Yeah, so just before we wrap up, we're going to have a quick talk with everyone around here, and we're going to uh, see where you're, what your name is, where you're from, and tell us a little bit about yourself, why you listen to the podcast. We'll start here with Graham Haley. Hello, uh, Graham Haley from the UK, training air traffic controller, should be... Uh on the job in a couple of months and uh, it's just a great podcast so keep listening same with all of them excellent excellent so next we've got William Hardcastle hello I'm from Hull up in East Yorkshire I've been listening for three years after a bit of a fear of flying got into the podcast APG and airline pilot guy and uh, cheers there's to many more <laughs> next here we have hello my name is Matt I had the misfortune to work with Carl for several years and he got me onto the show and uh, I also work as a part-time brewer and t-shirt model. Excellent. <laughs> Next we've got Andreas. Hello, I'm Andreas. I'm from Sweden. I just uh, love this podcast. I just come for this event. Uh, thank you. Excellent. <laughs> and we'll pass it on to Ben. Hi. Um, I'm Ben from Bournemouth, just came out for the 200th episode, and it's been great to meet everybody and fantastic podcast. Thank you very much, guys. So here we've got Richard King. Yeah, I'm Richard King. I'm from Banbury in Oxfordshire. I'd just like to thank the guys for putting on such a great show and the guys from Simulations for letting us have a go and not break the simulator. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Richard. Next uh, on to Ruben. Ruben Wells, been a private pilot, flying for about 20 years, had a great time today. Uh, really enjoyed the sim session, so a big thank you to PTUK for organising it. Yes, thank you indeed. Next up, we've got another Andrew. Hello, I'm Andy, uh, one half of the A320 podcast, Andy and Matt. Um, here for a great day. It's been fantastic so far. And uh, here's another 200 episodes. Thank you very much. Next on to Jonathan Warner. Hi. Uh, yes, brilliant podcast. It's great to get everyone in one place and meet people that you know online. So. Thank you very much. Armando's next. Yeah. Uh, first of all, super congratulations to the PTUK team. 200, this is a great show. Uh, super impressed with it. But uh, yeah, just looking forward to the next 200. Thank you very much. So we'll head over to the next side of the room and uh, we'll see who we have here. We've got uh, Dan Hannington. Um, hello. What am I meant to be saying? <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe how you got on to listening to the PTUK. Okay, uh, my name's Dan Hannington. Um, and I'm 
from a town just down the road to Guildford. Um, and I've been listening to Plain Talking UK since uh, episode number one. Um, I remember Carlos leaving feedback on Airline Pilot Guy all those years ago. And uh, yeah, I've been listening since he said he was starting a podcast. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Excellent. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, I hate to break up a conversation here, but uh, we'll get interviewing some people here. Who's next? Oh, Hello. Oh, yes. So, uh, Sorry. <laughs> the remnants of the uh, contents. So, uh, Barbara, how long have you been listening to us? Um, well, I've been listening to Plain Talking UK for oh, probably about two years. Two years. Excellent, excellent. Anything you particularly enjoy or don't enjoy about the show? No, I, there's nothing I don't enjoy. I think it's fantastic. I love the presenters. Oh, Matt and excellent. Carlos and Owen. And, uh, I particularly, well, Nev's joined, but I love, love it when Al and Pip come on. And, but I wouldn't say there's anything I don't enjoy. Excellent. No, it's good. Interesting. Very interesting. Thank you very much. That's a pleasure. Very quickly, we'll move on. And uh, next is Jenny. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Jenny. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you get started on uh, listening to the EPT UK. Well, I found by accident the, uh, the Aviation Geeks podcast about 10 years ago, and then they mentioned the one here in, in Norfolk. And so I've been listening to that from about episode three, actually. So I'm really a long term wow, listener. Wow, long term listener. Yeah, and then from there I went, heard about the APG and all the other connections. So I listen avidly every week. <laughs> Thank you very much. And lastly, here we've got Philip Davis. Hi, Owen. All right. Hi, Hello, to UK world. <laughs> so, uh, how about you? Where are you from? What's your? I'm from Torquay. I'm a plane spotter, and I've been with the show since day one. Day one. <laughs> one of our longest uh, yeah. listeners here. So. Uh, yeah. Anything you'd like to say? In no, terms just of thank you very much to all the people that you know helped to do the show. Um, you know, even yourself, who you know the editing and everything. But you know, Matt, Carlos, Nev, do a fantastic job, and we're all very grateful for what they're doing. Congratulations on the 200th episode. Thank you very much. Before we uh, head back to Matt, I'm going to take over the iPod and we're going to uh, talk to Fabian. Hi there. I'm Fabian from Germany, and what I love about the show is that it brings together all of us from all over the world, and thanks for the great meetup and for the 200 show. It's great to be here. Excellent. So, Matt, it's back to you. Well, not quite, actually. I wonder if you could just sort of pass it now to Carlos, because as we bring the show to a close, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I'm sorry, it is that point where we have to bring the show to a close. Uh, we're going to pass it over to Carlos, and Carlos is going to cut the cake, because those are the rules. So we're going to have the uh, cake cutting ceremony, if we may. Can you hear me, Matt? Can I can indeed, Matt? yes. I know you can barely hear me, but there we are. Excellent. No, I can hear you fine. Oh. With your voice as it is, Mr. Smith, Thank everyone you, can yes. hear you. How rude. Anyway, <laughs> so we are going to bring uh, episode 200 to a close. Um, I'm going to say a huge thanks first to, to Nick and Paul and Joe and everyone here at MP Simulations for hosting our 200 show. Uh, I appreciate every single one of you guys flying in from all around the world, driving down here, trains, whatever. Thanks to everyone who's made the effort to come down and see us down there. We really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, Nervous. It's been, been amazing. 
Yeah, it's been, it's been great. And uh, what a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I couldn't think of a better way of doing it. And thanks to everybody for coming and all the effort that's gone on behind the scenes, and especially to our hosts, uh, NP Simulations and Nick, Paul and Joe. They've been absolutely superb. So we've got one last thing left to do before we wrap up the show, and that is to cut this amazing cake. Uh, I have the knife here. And... Um, Seems to shame to it cut it, really, doesn't it? <laughs> actually, for me, actually, no, for me, this, this feels a bit like a wedding. Um, are I, we... I did give you Let's a bigger knife. Oh, I did no. Oh, no, 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 no. no <laughs> That's no, what no, she no, said. No, no. <laughs> We're not doing... Yeah. But I've, I've had enough of the time being. Are we cutting this? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we cut this together, Nev? Or? Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's cut it together. So we're going to cut yes. it together. Traditional wedding style. Um, should we go just to the left? There, and here we go. Oh, look at that. So there as there. they put the blade through the there knife, then everybody give them a nice big cheer as we bring episode 200 to a close. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. So on behalf of me, Carlos, and Nev, and Matt, and all us here, Plain Talking UK, Goodbye. Bye, guys.